Welcome to episode 38 of Terrorvision Horror Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dan McGuinness, and joining me on the Midnight Meat Train is my co-host, Jennifer the Dream Warrior Strand. Every week we take a horror movie and we cut it to pieces with our internet words. <laughs> Together we are two people with a love of horror and feel the burn of our obsolete blockbuster slash movie land memberships. Slash focus video. Slash all <laughs> video those. Video easy. <laughs> slash your local growing up video shop. Yep. Um, I'm going to move straight into my fun fact for this week about right. myself. So I used to work as a wedding video editor. Hmm. Um, I never, I didn't go film the video uh, the weddings. I would just like get them on a hard drive and I would edit them together into these like film clips. Yeah. I would get given music like cheesy as hell oh, music yeah. and then had to edit them all together into these little like great film clips. Um, and I worked for this guy and he was like, he worked for the church or something. And I was like, when I joined up, I was like, are you religious? And he's like, no, no, no. Oh, I mean, I am religious, but like, yeah. I don't believe in all that stuff. And that was a total lie. Because mm. about like a bunch of weeks in, he just like suddenly, I asked him a question. I can't remember what the question was. And then he just, for an hour, just spewed a religious Bible story at me, trying to convert me to. No. Like, and it was like the one where like Jesus, like Jesus's mum does something. Like, you know, Jesus's mum was the good guy. And he uh, he was just, so at first he made out that he wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, he was down with the kids and, you know, religion is uncool. <laughs> down with the kids. And then, yeah, and um, pretty much after that I quit. But I was getting, like, great. It was, like, 700 bucks a day to work there. Oh, fuck. That's that's great. So you've got some form of video editing technique and, like, you've gone to film school? And yeah, yeah. I went, I went to film school for, like, a couple of years and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I worked for the South Australian Film Corporation for a little while and... and and so on and so on, which is another fact for another day. Mm, yes, I love it. But um, it's very interesting. Yeah, that's just a little fact about me. You know, oh. a little bit of a tidwiddle. <laughs> a little bit of a tidwiddle. That's great. What about you, Jane? Well, look, I thought I would divulge my very first job, like real job. We're not talking I lasted two shifts at a chicken shop because the manager's wife was a cunt. Oh, dear. Um, yeah. Or babysitting. Using, yeah. No, I never did babysitting. No, no. My first job was at Blockbuster. Oh, the video emporium. Yes, yes. So I um, I think when I was maybe 14, 15, I walked in there with my resume and I'm like, please hire me. I got an interview and basically I sat through my interview process and they're like, okay, do you have any questions? And I basically sat there and said, well, you know. What free shit do I get? When you inevitably call me to tell me that I have the job, that's great. But if I don't get the job, I'm going to need you to tell me why, because I'm perfect for this role. So oh. I, like, this was like when Jen had confidence and oh. was like, you know, I was, I was so deep into movies then at that point. Um, life hadn't crushed me yet, I, I feel. So. Do, you, do you feel, though, that the people that are fully into the place that they were, as in the thing, is also a bad thing? Well, like, I mean... at your job, you wouldn't hire a full-on no. person that was like, yeah. Not and neither would bit. I, a full-on comic person, because they would just be, like, gatekeeping and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I went in with my, you know, my confidence. And you, you learn very quickly that you're not just sitting around watching movies all day. I mean, that was some of the job. But, no, you, you learn that... There, there is a lot to do and there was – I ended up leaving because of many different things um, and then went on to work at a cinema. A cinema. A cinema. So was this in the video days or the DVD days? 
blockbuster. Um, we were in the process of phasing out VHS and with DVD. So the there golden was, time we to had pick a up bit of bargains. A, yes. And had I have known then what I knew now, I probably would have. When you're in Blockbuster, because you had, they had those covers that you just picked up with the video in it. You didn't take the cover of the video home, did you? No. So it's not like the old days where you actually got the video home. You got to look at it and stuff like that. Yeah. No, you got to stand there and like embrace the VHS cover on the shelf um, no, it wasn't even it was, that, was it? It was, it was usually, like the picture of it behind it. Yeah, that was the indication that you weren't getting that film today. Uh, if you walked out and all you could see was the video cover, you were going home disappointed. Aww. All right, <laughs> let's um, move straight into our spoiler cast. Yes, every week, Jennifer and I say I have a horror movie to watch and then we go through it scene by scene and spoil the fuck out of it. It's a deep dive into glorious gore, hard edits, cheesy acting, directed madness, directing madness, severed wangs, and compound fractures. <laughs> Welcome to the spoiler cast. <laughs> I've got a lower voice today because I went out to a gaming video game nightclub night thing last night called Joypad and it was very loud so I had to talk a lot so yeah. you may hear my voice deteriorate throughout the entirety of the I was going to say show. you've got like a sexy man voice on today. Well thank so you. So you would have either been out um, doing a thing or you would have been like smoking a pack of cigarettes this week. I'm listening. <laughs> I'm very Kelsey grammar today. Yes you are. Um, anyhow we have a rating system. Yes. Tell us about our rating system Jen. <laughs> well Dan. Um, so for those of you playing at home, our rating system. We've got A, awesome, everybody should watch. B is our beer and chicken wing group movie. F is for fun and dumb. C is a classic that's worth a watch. We've got the U, underrated. G, good for its time, it is not held up. We've got the J, Jen special, the D, Dan special. We've got a W, whatever, so off my radar. Uh, we've got the Kesha, which is a low-budget hot mess. And the McConaughey. Is that your low voice? That's pathetic. That's not my low voice. Wait, let me have some more cigarettes and I'll come back to you. Oh, that's, <laughs> not a, that's a Catwoman voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the McConaughey is the fucking fucked. It's the worst of the worst. It's like... The cream of the crap. The cream of the crab? The crap. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and today, today, this week we watched Hellraiser 2 Hellbound from 1988. Mm -hmm. I'd held mm -hmm. off on this one for a while. Um, we've been holding off on a lot of our bangers, but we're going to get into them now. Like, yeah. you know, we wanted to keep some of the the, the jewels. Well, you don't want to run through all the top things straight away. You've you kind of got to ease into it. Yeah, you don't want to blow your load no. before she's even come in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Not <laughs> she's even still a in the bit. shower and you're, you've just left <laughs> with a thank you letter on the bed. Mm. Anyhow. It's stuck to the bed, too, by the yeah, sounds of it. It's yeah. written in spoof. <laughs> spoof? <laughs> Sperm. Man, that I have Sprog? Heard... <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Anyway. Who directed this madness? So, Tony Randall directed this madness. Uh, screenplay by Peter Atkins. Um, Peter Atkins is uh, well-versed for doing the Wishmaster franchise and most of the Hellraiser franchise. Yeah, that doesn't get... That's not a thing you put on your resume, No, eh? that's not really something you're like, hey, baby, I, uh, I wrote Wishmaster 1, 2, and 3. Oh, you've never heard of them? Yeah, Let me, let me show fair. you to my... Well, don't come to my bedroom and see that giant Wishmaster costume that I've got on display. <laughs> that's supposed to be the thing that makes you want to sleep with me. Yeah, well, mm, okay. It also stars Doug Bradley, as we all know, is our Lord and Saviour Pinhead, um, and Ashley Lawrence. Budget for you, this film. What do you mean? Oh, what's the budget? The budget. Six million dollars. Nice. Yep. It's a nice, mediocre budget, I think. 
um, box office was twelve point one million. That's a success. So Double I'm, your money. Yeah, that's a success. Uh, made 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 its cash and then some. So why not? That's awesome. Awesome. Um, ooh. So we've got some fun facts before we jump on in. What are some of them? Well, this film was banned in Queensland. Queensland, Australia. Australia, because uh, we are Australia. And we're in Adelaide, Australia, yes. which is, well, for those of you who don't live in Australia, it's just in a different spot. Yeah. <laughs> just round back, it's yeah. fine. Um, so it was uh, banned in Queensland in 1989. Um, however, since the ban's been lifted, the film has been released on VHS, DVD and Blu-ray in the state. I'm finding that a lot of uh, the films banned are all in Queensland. So we've had a couple of films that we've watched previously, which were also banned. I think Queensland people don't watch films. It's too sunny up there. It's too nicer weather and they just ban them. It's not. It's crotch weather up there. It's disgusting. (laughs) You're just like consistently walking around with swamp ass all day. What else has it got? What are some other like tiddly winks? Mm, so this film, along with Titanic, um, held the record for the most times two characters have repeated each other's names. Oh, really? Yes. So there's a lot of names. Like you could pretty much make a drinking game out of this. So once I read this and then I started the film, I was just like, "Oh, I'd be so drunk right now." So mostly like Tiffany, Kirsty. Um, you know, at least you know their names. Yeah. I really remember like, these characters' names as well. Well, you have trouble remembering names. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, and then and we'll, let's, should we just move on? Yeah. Well, finally, the film is included on Robert, uh, sorry, Roger Ebert's most hated list. <laughs> Who cares about him? It's basically like a full list of everything he hates because he fucking hates everything. I feel this film got banned before anyone saw it because it's mm. called Hellraiser. It's got some pretty... Uh, its posters were always like so cold and blue and had like weird symbols on them that I think religious people would have just gone, it clearly has to be banned. Yes. We don't even know what it, like dogma with we're Kevin Smith. We're angry. Yeah, we're angry. It's clearly like devil worshipping and, but this was like a whole new thing. Mm-hmm. This was Clive Bark as well. This was like, this wasn't demons, little men dressed in red outfits or anything. This was a whole new idea of what hell could be oh yeah and it's not even hell hell it's like a dimensional level of hell yeah it's more um it's more uh elder gods yeah that have like i i mean lucifer and stuff is still in the equation but it's more like elder gods where they reside doing things like Mm. it's not a per se like you know god's like this wispy man in a cloud or anything like that it's just like yeah it's uh, yeah you're right it's dimensional yeah like Parallel dimensions and pulling into parallel dimensions and stuff like that, which is a, a and that's what hell is in this thing. It's kind of mm. cool. Yeah. Well, before we start, I'd also like to point out that Dan is deep. Dan is deep into the Hellraiser. I'm not Clive Barker super deep. Thing. You're pretty deep. I'm not. I, I haven't read every bit of text. I haven't read any of the, all the novels. I'm not that. I've read a bunch of the comics. Mm. Um, but I've actually think I'm getting more deeper into it after watching this and going through. It. I'm gonna. I might turn into like. Like, you know, go the deepest I can go. Balls. Yeah. Balls to the hilt <laughs> into yes. this thing. Well, um, yeah. I mean, as far as, like, I'm... Like, I kind of went into this thinking, oh, fuck, I really should have rewatched the first one because I haven't watched the first one in a very long did time. Did you feel like you liked the law and you could get, get all over it? I fucking... I love law, though. Like, I love anything that has just 
can I go down a rabbit hole? I'm going down a rabbit hole. Yeah, I know. Like, and this thing here, like, basically geometric shapes can have siblings. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, not siblings. Um, I can have uh, kids and stuff, yeah. which are human. Is my, what do you mean? Yeah. What What's going on? Yeah. Let's, and let's I love it. Anyhow. It's fine. What's the Snoppo? All right. And the tagline. Guys, time to play. That's is that the it? tagline. I think they could have done better, but hey, that's fine. Yeah, that doesn't seem right. Mm. Dr. Channard is sent a new patient, a girl warning of the terrible creatures that have destroyed her family, Cenobites who offer the most intense sensations of pleasure and pain. Actually, you should have read that with your sexy voice. Pleasure and pain. There you go. But Channard has been searching for the doorway to hell for years and Kirsty must follow him to save her father and witness the power struggles among the newly damned. Yeah, that's pretty much the whole... Like, she didn't go there, like, how... She wouldn't have said, oh, their pleasure and pain. You know what I mean? Like, she yeah. she just went, monsters attacked my house. Yeah, <laughs> something came, they took my dad. She did know a fair lot about it, though. I feel yeah. like she knew too much in this film. Okay. Like, from like the this. film, like, she kind of like, uh, doesn't matter. I would um, like, before we start, though, I would just like to express that I feel that no one over the age of six should ever... Call their dad daddy. That's all I'm going to say on that matter. Oh, Move really? On. Yeah. It just, I call my dad dad. That's fine. That's fine. But I'd be really upset. Not upset, but I just, it, I don't like it when people who are, you know, clearly in their 20s, 30s call their parents mummy and daddy. All right. Let's get into it. So the opening, it opens with just a black screen and it's just a, a voice that just goes, What's your pleasure? Which is a callback. There's a lot of callbacks from the first yes. film in this. Um, I don't know as someone uh, who, if you haven't watched the first film, if you watch this one, whether you know, there are a lot of flashbacks yep. to the film. They basically go over the film, the first film twice in this film. So I'm wondering, like, if you need it, I don't know. I honestly, I like, I wish I'd have gone back and watched the first film, but I really, after the first two minutes, I didn't need to. Yeah, which is good. Yeah. Um. And then there's a title card, black screen, white writing, Hellraiser with the traditional Hellraiser music, like, ah, which I'm playing right now. Epic soundtrack. Um, yeah, epic. It's so good. It's like, you bought me the soundtrack on, mm. the, on the vinyl. The vinyl. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's like pure, it's, it's got its own vibe. It's mm-hmm. like, it's not like riffing off of anything else, but it's got this gothic, heavy, big sound to it. It's mm-hmm. very, very cool. And then like the, the opening shot of the film is just shocking. It just comes in hard hit with the last shot of the last film of the most gory part of like this guy's face. Yeah. All chained up and thing. And he's there for so long. He's saying nothing. And he's just like, and then he just licks his lips and goes, Jesus wept. And then yeah, he gets pulled apart. apart. And it's just like, whoa. Yeah. And it basically, this is the um, first montage of the first film. So we get like a flashback of, you know, all the events of the first film. Yep. Um, well, I'm no, we're not going to get into that. No. Like, you just have that, to. That's a film for another day. That is. That yeah. is. <laughs> but then there's a second title card, actually, which was before this bit, um, which comes up with. So, it's weird because it says Hellraiser in the first title card, then shows you the first film. I think that is implying this is the first film Hellraiser. Because mm. then after that montage, it comes up with another title card that it says Hellbound Hellraiser 2. Yeah. And I'm like, weird. Cool. Mm-hmm. It, it was just weird. You know what yeah. I mean? It was just like weird choice. This is like, yeah. Interesting choice. Cause, well, they were basically playing you a mini movie for the first like three to five minutes of the film. So, and then it jumps into this title card and into the. But next weird, film. the first Hellraiser book isn't called Hellraiser, it's called Hellbound. Yes. So let's get real confused. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, 
I mean, Hellbound, even if it was Hellbound the whole series, it still would have worked. It's a good name. Yeah. Nothing's called Hellbound. Or no. it might be. Yeah. Anyhow. Um, then we open. No, this is that. So that's our credit sequence over. Yeah. It's hard. It's seen. Then what happened? Okay. So it opens to uh, a radio. Just like a very old radio playing... A real old radio as well. Yeah. Like a, not, it's like we're talking like the 1930s, I'd yeah. say. So basically World War Two, World War One, maybe. I reckon, yeah. Yeah. Um, pans over a, a cot, more like a cot than a, a bed, um, over military fatigues. So pants, shirt, belt, kind of hat. Setting the scene that yeah. we're somewhere. We are somewhere where <laughs> we... Someone's not wearing don't. enough clothes. Exactly. <laughs> Um, then we get this really beautiful shot. I thought the cinematography was great for this. It was this beautiful shot of a very large, empty room, but it kind of was like oval in a way. It was a. It's a traditional like uh, war, um, like a shed or that they were like arched, yeah, kind of thing. It's one yeah. of those arching war sheds, but um, it's shot in a, a way that's very, very unique and cool. It almost looks like a tomb. Yeah, but it's, yes. yeah, it's, it, it's, I think that's what they were going for. Yeah, and you just get this shot of a man in the very distance and he's just sitting cross-legged on the floor and he's clearly got something in his hands. So it zooms in and, you know, we start to get this idea that there's a man, he's sitting there and he's he's playing with the puzzle box, so the lament configuration. Um, for those who don't know what the puzzle box is, it is a golden box with pretty. ornate... It's a black box with golden ornate crap all over it and it's basically... Yeah, it's the best way to describe it. <laughs> yeah. And if you solve it, it basically pulls you... Uh, it, it brings these Cenobites from this other dimension to pull you into, like, air quotes, hell. Mm-hmm. Kind of, but you've never really known why until this point. Yeah. Like, you just that's just what happened in the first film. It's just like, okay, that's yeah. what happens. But don't argue with it. And it kind of... It, it, it makes you solve it as well. Because there's no actual parts on it. Mm. It just... It's it, just a lot of touching and yeah, a lot of Yeah, it's... Um, I actually know what you have to do. Oh, you do? <laughs> yeah, so you have to move your fingers around one of the sides and then it pulls itself up and you push that forward. Yeah. And then that goes back down and then you put you do you press the round thing on the other side and it kind of lifts it it comes apart, you twist it and push it back into itself yep. and then it, you go to hell. Or in the other film, it just doesn't you don't have to do any of that. It just like they they really lose their law after a while. Mm. <laughs> anyway, mm. But it makes you do it. Your desires push you to solve the puzzle. Yeah. Like, it's you that wants to do it. Okay. Okay. Well, he's sitting there and it basically, like, he's touching it and it zaps him. <laughs> and he kind of, he, he kind of looks like, oh, chucks it. Chucks it a little bit. Um, it's on the it, ground. It's on the ground. It starts to open just a little bit. So, we get this, just the tip. Just the little bit on the top. It opens <laughs> up. He goes into him. We get that kind of, they use a lot of that kind of, uh, ju- uh, what are those jewelry boxes that open up music? That ding, you know that that kind of thing. So yes. The spinning the little baller- ballerina. Ballerina, but yeah, they use a lot of that in Hellraiser. So that music starts. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, so he's you know goes and kinds of kind of looks into it, and these chains just come out. Yeah, and they so start ripping into him. When they we say chains come out, it's really if you don't know what we're talking about, it's really weird. Basically, they they come out of the box. So chains with hooks on the end, and they're yeah. very they shoot out and hook into you, and then pull you around. So they're like Pinhead's main weapon. Yes. Um, who who is the Hell Priest that we're talking about? Yep. And we get this this montage of him in in another world now. Yeah, it basically goes. He's been pulled into this world. Yeah. We don't get a real good look at it, but we we see how he becomes. 
pinhead. Yeah. So the guy's sitting there. We get this glimpse of this man sitting there and he's pulled into hell. He is pre-pinhead. So he is about to become So pinhead. what we're seeing is the the, cre- the, the creation of pinhead. And to yeah. up until this point, we didn't know they were humans no. originally. But I really like the scene. Yep. Like the, the, the quick shots and they're like kind of fading together and stuff with this weird like, it's like people yelling and screaming. But there's like weird things that are hitting the nails into his head. Yeah. I thought it looked really cool. Like, do, 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 do. It did and look like cool. cutting up his face into the bits and stuff. And yep. um, uh, yeah, just, yeah. You sort of watch his, his skin become this blue. Yeah. More so, and like, his teeth become And there's like one rotten. big nail down the yeah. middle of his head, which I didn't know was in there until I saw this. Um, later on, we find it, we know, we work out that that's the thing called a, the, um, the creation maker or something like that. Like, yeah. Uh, or something like that, but yeah. Is it the engineer? It's not the engineer. No, engineer is a bit different dude. That's different, yeah. Okay. Um. Anyhow. Yeah. So once we get that scene, we cut to That's a hospital. It. You'll kind of see him at the end. He's like... <gasps> yeah. And he kind of like fades. He, he gets smaller and smaller and smaller, just yeah. saying, this was a while ago. It's the way. Yeah. Then. It's the way to be. Close up. Hard cut to a, a hard close up of an eyeball. <laughs> So we get to the next scene, Kirsty, she wakes up in a hospital bed. She's like, where am I? So she's clearly, this is very clearly a lead on from the very first film. It's just moving to the next it's phase. It's set hours after the first film. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah. She wakes up and this is like, like this is like, I think it's an, uh, this is my film, what year was this made? It was like 90. 88. Oh, 88. Yeah. So, so this it's is literally like an, the year after the first film and two years after the book. Yeah, and we've got like... So this is an old school hospital. Yeah. This is the Gerard Institute Mental Hospital, basically. Yes. Um, and, but, you know, this is the kind of place that is not allowed anymore. No, not even <laughs> not even a little bit. This is where they would have taken their tuberculosis patients back in the day and treated them very poorly. Yeah, so she's woken up here. Um, there's a cop in the room. He's just sitting there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know... She's like freaking out and stuff. She's, he says like, oh, we sent we sent your boyfriend home. Yeah. You know, he left hours ago. Hours ago, which yep. is the guy who never turns up in this film ever again. Yeah. He would be, the fact that I think he's like he's been fucked with the Cenobites. He's seen them. They will be fucking with him. Yeah. Now he poor guy. <laughs> he's out the picture though. Um, <laughs> so so then it cuts from there to uh, he's he's basically like the cop has stated that there is a team at her father's house now going through everything cuts to beat cop investigating the house we're hearing so it's this like you know very handlebar moustache kind of beat cop in his uniform and he's looking around and as he's looking around we just hear this like weird scuttling and squeaking kind of sound and it's it's kind of intense and really cool and really you're like i don't want to know what that sound is but he uncovers um something the basket yeah, it's just like pretty much a, a basket. Wicker basket. <laughs> it's a very large basket. Cane corner basket. <laughs> um, and we discover that there's a corpse in there and maggots. Maggots are just This fucking is one devouring. thing about this film. Corpses in the Hellraiser films are gross. Because mm-hmm. they always have fly noises. Yeah. There's always maggots all over them. When other films you don't get that, you just get a corpse no. that's all cut up. But these are like always decomposing and growth and it feels like you can always smell mm. like the corpses in Hellraiser films or these two first two anyway the other ones yeah that's what they do yeah so there's maggoty corpse and you're just like 
it just makes it feel real visceral and real. Like it was a real, like n- there's actual meat rotting there from yeah. a person. Yeah. <laughs> Gross and I love it. Um, so the, you know, he's, he's like seen that. Okay. And he's, as he's kind of steps back, he knocks the closet door, the closet door opens. And of course, another corpse falls out. Like a real old corpse. Yeah. Falls on top of him and he freaks the fuck out and just unloads a bunch around around into the corpse <laughs> in, into the corpse and he's just like fuck it's just it's just basically a scene to show that this house is why well, it's very fucked up there's, yeah. there's corpses everywhere because in the first film there was a lot of corpses that went there yeah, yeah. you have to it's a, the first film was about bringing someone back from this other dimension and you bring them back by um where they died or got pulled into the hell zone, if you pour a whole lot of blood there, they can come back through the blood of people. Yeah. Um, and because Frank... Oh, we can't even get into that, can we? Not yet. <laughs> uh, this is going to be a long one. This is. Wait, let's just shoot through this. Let's try to get through. That's I'm not helping. <laughs> you know so much, though. Yeah. So the cop falls only shoots him. Yep. We cut back to... Yeah, that's the It's just to show that the cops are at their house yep. and still investigating it. We cut yep. back to Kirsty and the cop in the room. Do you know what I like about this? This was the first film I ever saw that where the person who survived the first film, maybe it wasn't worth it. Mm. Like the, the, the repercussions that sometimes you don't want to survive the things that you go through in a horror film. I always think that now from this film. I'm always like, do you even want to survive this? Yeah. So just like the, the Texas Chainsaw film, do you yeah. really want to survive yeah. those situations? Or would be Probably easier don't. just to die? Yeah. Well, I feel like the one thing that I've not ever seen, and I'm getting off track again, um, is you never see like a follow-up film to the trauma and, like, I would love to see a follow-up film to, like... And not just, like, a sequel okay, where so they're even a horror? It's just the trauma of yeah. the person? And I would love to see something like that. It's like, oh, what... You know, it's like a self-help group and they're all there because they've experienced some level of trauma from, like, an event, like a, a Freddy or a Jason or a Pinhead or whatever. Well, it's a group where they've all experienced one of those different ones. Yes. Yeah. So I think that would be a great idea. That's anyway. a good idea. Write that down. Yep. I'll make it happen. Yeah, but anyway, I just like the idea that, yeah, she's in a mental asylum because of how fucked it all, it all went wayward for her. Yep. Right, she won, but did she? Doubtful. Or, or her dad's dead and her boyfriend left. Yep. <laughs> Clearly. Clearly out. Um, so then the cop gets notification from uh, a, the second beat cop on the scene. He's like, look, there's nothing here, just a bunch of corpses. Some of them have been accidentally damaged. Um, and he starts talking about the mattress. He's like, but there is also a, like a blood, bloody mattress. Which has chains and blood. And he's he goes, like, looks like someone got real messed up on here. Yeah. It's like, oh, we've got to take it in for evidence. Um, so as we get to that. And then like, the mattress. Yeah. Do I think we get a flashback to show Julia on it for like one yeah, second? I think so. Just a, a brief flash. So uh, the mattress is somewhere, a, a spot where one of the bad guys in the first film, a lady died on it. She got, she got. Um, sacrificed. She got to the. She was a baddie, but got ripped off by the other baddie and mm-hmm. sacrificed to the Cenobites, which never really made sense. But like, yeah, yeah. But he's still trying to like the cops. Still trying to get out of it. What happened? Like, yeah. and no more. You know, no more stories of fairy tales and monsters. <laughs> and she's like, and then she's like, there's some these good lines in it. Like, Sometimes the fairy tales come true, even the bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, the writing in this is uh, very good. Uh, yeah, it's great for how old it is. <laughs> I there's not enough... Like, I was really surprised when I looked into this. Like, Clive Barker had hardly anything to do with this one. No. 
They just no. took his like law. He still had some level of involvement, but I think this is the last one where he kind of had that at least like, hey, Clive, like we just really want to do a thing. Can you give us a little bit of him? Just like, yeah, yeah, just do this. Okay, thanks. Bye. Mm. Yeah. Then we have a hard cut. End of scene. Mm-hmm. When we're hard cut to Dr. I call him Shenard. How do you say it? Channing? Shenard. 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 Dr. Shenard. I just call him Shenard. Yep. Um, doing open brain surgery to a, like, as in like, where the brain surgery, where the, the person has to be a, Conscious, you know that that yes. weird brain surgery. Yep. Um, monologuing to mm-hmm. a bunch of medical students while conducting this open head brain surgery. Yep. And he's like, yeah, straight away, you know, there's nothing fucking dodge about. Yeah, he's got this like very British accent, but it kind of it's like the kind sinister. of accent that makes you want to punch him in the face. And he's saying things like, "We have to see, we have to know." We are the, the, you know, we are the persons in the labyrinth. Then, you know, all this, you know, like all this mystical monologue yeah. over this bullshit to his students. It's the monologue that you sit there and go, huh, he's the bad guy. Yeah. Okay. He's not really a bad guy. He's just like the guy that, you know, where um, knowledge is bad. He will do anything to regain his knowledge yeah. and stuff like that. Well, then we're introduced to Kyle. Which is one of his, like his protege. Yes. Kind of thing. Young Kyle looks like the, the guy from Mad About You. He looks <laughs> Again. like he's had real bad plastic surgery. Oh, you think? Yeah. He's, he's all right. He's a young-ish guy. Yeah. He's probably the closest age that we've got to Kirsty. Yes. Yes, he is. Um, yeah. So they, they've been notified that this thing, that there is a patient here that he must go see. So he basically like slightly drills into this person's head and be like, and I'm done. And walks off. Takes Kyle um, off to meet Kirsty. At this point, Kirsty's having a massive tantrum in her room. Yeah, like, she's she, like, she wants to leave. No one's believing her. She's, you know, she's talking about the puzzle box. She's talking about the Cenobite. She's throwing things. She's smashing vases and glasses. Um, she's a. Uh, no one believes her story. No, Why course, would you? No, well, yeah, no, I wouldn't believe her. But she's uh, she's also banging on uh, when Shenard and Kyle come in. She's like, you have got to destroy the mattress. Yep. Julia died on that and she can come back. Yeah. And uh, this, you know, the cop the cop kind of leaves. But Shenard, like kind of like hears them. Mm-hmm. Mattress? Mattress, you mm-hmm. say? Blood, you say? Making mattresses? <laughs> Um, the cops is like, I don't know what's going on. You're the doctor. I'm. Uh, this is the end of my scene. Exit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he, he never comes back. So I'm it. collecting my paycheck and bye. Goodbye. Cop leaves. Yeah. We're left with Doctor Shenard. Um, yeah. He, like I said, he seems interested in this this mattress idea, and he instantly just doesn't even examine it. He just goes like, I have to go <laughs> feed a dog now. or some shit. <laughs> And he, he just leaves the room and bails yeah. out. So he's off to do some shady shit. We get this very brief sort of very brief snip of him walking up to the detective who's just outside the door. And, you know, they're they're going to do some wheelings and dealings. Hey, yeah, he, he basically goes out to the cop and, like, asks him a favour. Like, I, I need you to do something for yeah. me. He's very Fraser-esque in how he talks. Like, it's so pomp- pompous. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we're like, okay, he's doing something. We're back, and then we're back into the room with Kirsty and... Kyle. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't even remember what the conversation they were having was. And he's he's kind of like, look, you know, you just, just got to get some sleep. We'll talk about it all tomorrow. Let me go. Let me go get you something to help you sleep. Yeah. And that's the end of the scene. Then we cut to a hard cut. All right, so we, we assume now it's kind of nighttime. We, yeah. we, we cut to... Storms rolling in. Storms rolling in. So it's nighttime. And we've got this close up of some hands... 
I just think this shot was really cool. Mm-hmm. Of uh, hands, we've got the point of view of the person doing this wooden puzzle box, not yep. like the hell box, just yep. like one of those ones that's like a Tetris block that you clip together into a square. And yeah. And then we see like Kirsty also just kind of wake up and go, huh, wow, yeah. that sounds like someone solving a puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> in another room. Yep. There's no reason why she wake, wakes up. That sounds like a silent thing. I yep. should follow. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. She gets up. She leaves her room and literally, literally in the room next door to her, there is a young girl um, and she's in there and she's she's putting together this Blonde puzzle. girl, very Scandinavian looking. She had a fucking jawline, I must say. <laughs> like She she was like a, a good looking girl, but man, she had a cut she, jawline. She had a chomper. It was chiseled. Yeah, I uh, had a massive crush on her when I was younger. Yeah, and she went out with a, a Polish girl who looked like her. <laughs> <laughs> you like sort her out? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and yeah, yeah. So she's there looking in the, uh, in the bedroom and Kyle comes up behind. Have you noticed like there's heaps of overacting between these two characters? Like Kyle comes up behind and puts his hand on her shoulder and she goes, <gasps> and he goes, oh, gee, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's also another really good one with Kyle. Yeah. And then he's like, he explains and like, you know, we don't know who she is. Yeah. She doesn't talk. One of the nurses named her Tiffany. She's a total mystery. And then he's like, why the puzzle? He goes, Dr. Shenard thinks it's good for her. And I'm like, hang on, Dr. Shenard wants this girl to continually solve puzzles? Yeah, like... Interesting. And he's also interested in the mattress? Yes. Interesting. Mm. Anyhow, Kirsty's satisfied with that and just goes straight back to bed. Yeah, she's like, okay. Yeah. Well, because he he tries to give her some pills and he's like, oh, this will help you sleep. And she's like, I'm not crazy. Yeah, because... just to help you it's sleep. Okay. I'm, I'm so we're, we're, they're trying to imply here that Kyle is generally a nice guy who is interested in in, in her well being. Yes. Um, Kirsty, yeah, yeah, she kind of like flirts with him a bit as well. She's like, "I'm not crazy, Kyle." Yeah, and he's like, uh, <laughs> that Kyle. And uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And so like, she's a- still trying to sleep. She's kind of like wrestling around in her bed, and then the radiator just starts to steam. steam. Like, and we get this like doom sound, which is a very um, familiar sound that there's something hell the dimensions are becoming thinner the gap between and like yeah which I think this vibe of how they do this is a very unique thing I think it's really cool um, and then, yeah we see the radios she starts kind of freaking out realizing you're on her bed and then we yep. see a close up of this bloody finger writing something. On the wall, yeah, with it with its own blood because the finger has no skin on it. Yep. And then we see this skinned dude. Yep. In the corner of her room, just sitting. These these skinned people in these films look amazing. They do. They really do. So there's this skinned body. All its skin's been removed. It's bloody. It's shiny, and it's writing on the wall a message which says in big capital letters, "I'm in hell. Help, Help me. me." There is no comma after hell. <laughs> Like, I'm in. Help me. Hell, help me. Yes, he's got no time for being grammatically correct. It is true. You are trying to get a message out of hell. So um, then the skinny guys, like you know, the sounds get louder and louder and louder, and she like closes her eyes and opens them. <gasps> the guy's gone. Yep. But it left is this bloody message on the wall. Anyhow. Was she like also? It's such a strange after scene where she's inve- like touching the blood on the the wall and just starts rubbing it on her lips. Yeah, so yeah, I never got this. Uh, okay. So sh- she goes up to the yeah the blood on the wall, like the message, touches at the finger, and then rubs it all over her lips. Um, 
implying what it's supposed to imply is in that corpse, like that was a message from her dad from hell. Yeah. Um, and so she's bonding with it by you know. Yeah. By by tasting her father's blood. Sure. Sure. Why not? Yep. That's... Who knows what they do behind closed doors? <laughs> it's none of our business. Yeah, I was I was still a little bit of a uh, if you don't know, you're just like what? Uh-huh. Yeah. No, it's yeah. strange. Cut to the next day. Yes. Uh, Dr. Channard, he's walking the grounds of the, the hospital as he's sort of walking back into work and he's saying hello to all the patients. You can see they're just crazy. So, that yeah, it's basically that I, I didn't even refer to them throughout as patients. I've pretty much just referred to them as inmates because that's what they are. Yeah. It's just basically like this giant room and there's just bed after bed after bed and they're all just sort of in their, in their own like... And he's just saying, he's like doing the rounds as yeah. they call it. And then we get like a little comedy bit with one of the patients goes... 105 years, and he still doesn't remember my name. <laughs> but clearly implying these are, yeah, inmates. Yeah, kind they're of, not, but. you know. Um, so he just walks straight to an elevator and presses, and he goes down to the basement. He doesn't just go down to the basement. He goes down to ground floor, to basement, yeah. to sub-basement, sub-basement, to maintenance. Ah. And the, so the maintenance door opens, and all you hear, it's like, you know, steamy and like a maintenance, you know, like almost yeah. like the boiler room from Freddy. It is dingy. It is, it's it's kind of like steamy and wet, and just, it's probably very moist down there, but also very hot. And, and it screams. Yeah, nothing but people screaming, and it's, I think that they're probably the most disturbed of the patients. Yeah, what I think this is, because they're in pat- uh, there's a whole bunch of people locked in, like, old school padded rooms. So this is clearly an old building that would have had this wing at some stage, yeah. which has been outlawed now, but he has found this area and used it for his own means. So he yeah. is keeping these patients down here to, uh, you know... To experiment on, I, I can only assume. But it's clearly illegal what he's doing. And we get to see some of the patients. We get to see Crucifix Guy. Mm-hmm. See the guy, you know, it's just snuffing around. He's got a crucifix. He's snuffing around the room, you know. We get the yelling man. Mm-hmm. So he opens up, you know, the, there's a little window on each door. And he opens up and there's a guy yelling straight in your face. And that's all he does. <laughs> and then we get the get them off me man. Yeah. He's got a straight jacket and he's like all disheveled. He's like, get them off me. Yeah. Get them off me. Like he's clearly can see that there's something all over him and... He looks at him and he's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's the guy. Yeah. I like that guy. I'd like to get something off him. Yeah. Uh, what could he use these people for? Who mm, knows? Interesting. So then we cut back to uh, Kirsty in her room. Yep. Um, she's just looking at the corner of the room where, you know, staring where the event of the note from her dad happened. Kyle comes in. It's like, hey. <laughs> I, th- I feel that he was a little bit of a creeper as well. Because he kind of just sort of like creeps on in and he's just there. Yeah, he is a bit of a creeper. Well, he has he has high stealth as we see later on in the film. Yes, he does. He has like, he has plus five to his stealth. Yep. Um, and then she like, she starts monologuing some shit. But yep. basically says like. It's like my dad's come to visit me. He's, he's still dead and alone and suffering. Yeah. My father is dead and alone and is still suffering. Yeah. Uh, she has another cool line there. Like, we can, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go get Dr. Janard. Maybe we can help you. She looks around and goes, has he got a ticket to hell? Yeah, that was great. <laughs> I like wrote that down as well. I'm like a fucking great line. Uh, Such a good line. 
so at this point, I've written in my notes, I, I guess that skin guy was her dad. There's no... Because she starts mentioning her father here. Like, my yeah. dad is suffering in his health. So you're like, oh, okay, so that was her dad. And that's why she wants to drink his blood. Yeah, so she's <laughs> assumed that it's her dad. Because it's like this person who's laying on the ground. They look like they're in pain. And they're writing a, a note to for her. her. So that's just her assumption. Kyle goes, gets Dr. Shenard. Over here's... Yes. He's organising the Shenard. mattress... Mm. To be delivered to his home. Not the hospital, but to his home. Yes. I repeat that. My home. Yeah. Not the hospital. Just to confirm. So, Dr. Um, Shinard, what do you want with the mattress? He's a fucking shady motherfucker. Oh, yeah. He's wicked. He's like my favourite. I've referenced him in other things. Whenever there's a dodgy doctor, yep. it's Dr. Shinard. Yeah. So, then um, so then we kind of... Uh, it must be cut uh, later on. We have Dr. Shinard and Kyle and Kirsty kind of having a group session or whatever. Like, he's... he's you know, he's finally decided to talk to her. Yeah. After he gets his mattress. And then we get the, uh, relayed the whole story of the first film again. The story of um, the story of Frank and Julia. Yeah. Basically. Um, we, let's just not go through. No. So, no, no. She just, yeah. She just goes through the box, you know, hell is what he wanted and hell is what he got. Blah, 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 blah. Recap, recap, recap. Yeah, Julia died on the mattress. She can come through that. Blah, yep. blah, 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 blah. You know. We see it all in flashbacks. Shows her dad getting, you know, killed and, you know, Frank steals her dad's skin and becomes his da- dad at one stage. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she ends Frank up. coming up through the floor, you know, yeah. all, all that kind of cool. Basically all the best bits of the first film. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, Kirsty follows, the, ends the conversation with, am I crazy? And Dr. Shinard just goes, there is much we have to discuss. Mm, mm. Cut to. Um, then we cut to Dr. Shinard's house at night time. Yes. It's obviously the end of the day. It's very rich, sort of very 80s, minimalistic kind of white it's modern brutalist. House. Modern brutalist. I like that. Yeah. He's got a very modern brutalist, like concrete, white house. Which uh, later is very, uh, on purposely juxtaposed to what happens, like yeah. just to really nail the point in later on. Yeah, no, um, it's it's it is the a very rich person eighties house kind yeah. of thing, um, except for the one room where the mattress is. The that room is full of oddities and like weird notes and occultish shit, and it's like it's so it's painted green, so it's got this. It's very different to what the rest of his house is. Yeah, it looks like an like, you know a crazy emporium thing. There's yeah, things it's the in kind jars, of room that I would like fucking love to have. Fetuses in jars. Yeah. There's there's like books everywhere, rubbings of stuff. Like there's all ancient like um like god worshiping stuff. So it's like his study. Yeah. I just called it his study yeah. kind of thing. But it is very different vibe to the. It's it's clearly where he spends most of his time. Yeah. Not the, not the rest of the house. It seems cozier than the rest He's of his house. Research, study, whatever. Mm-hmm. Now he's sipping a scotch. He's looking at the mattress thinking, should I? <laughs> it is a scary looking mattress after it all. It is. It's bloody. It's dirty. Soiled. It's probably, yep. You can only it? assume Julia shit herself when all that happened. Going to get that black light all over it. It's oh, not man. Be you good. don't want to do that. No. And now, Shanada leaves. Yes. He's like, you know what? I'm doing Fuck it. Fuck it. Doing it. I leave. It's happening. At this point, Kyle. He breaks in. He breaks in. He just, but he just walks through the door. Yeah, the, 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 the security in this house is the pits. He just has like 10 doors in this house, can constantly just open. Now, Kyle just walks straight into the, the study, into the yep. research study, because there's this like, there's like double balcony doors that are like open behind a curtain. 
he just walks in. He's mm-hmm. like, this, and there's some unbelievably good overacting here for Kyle. He suddenly we see some more of the research, which is more centered on Cenobites. Yeah. We see rubbings of the box. We see, you know, he's looking through things. We see a photo of um, Pinhead as a human. Yep. All this jargon to do with like the, uh, what's it called? I don't know. This is lost at the box. Is real name? The Lament Configuration. The Lament Configuration. So we're like, okay. Dr. Shenard knows what's going yeah, on. Yeah, he's involved. And then we get a shot of like, there's three glass domes and he has three of the actual puzzle boxes. Because there's more than one puzzle box. There's hundreds yeah. of them. Yeah. Because that's a, And like, this is a bit where Kyle comes up and he's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and then he looks at the puzzle boxes again and goes, Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, good one, Kyle. It, for me, it's I love like, his overacting. Uh, look, I love an overacting next to the, like, you know, it's fantastic. But I also feel like if you're walking into a room like that, so like, I mean, oddity, oddities and that kind of stuff, that face fascinates me. Um, but I wouldn't walk into a room and just start being like, oh, fuck, fuck. Look, look at the fuck. Jesus Christ. <laughs> You'd just be enjoying. Like, this is the same line twice yeah. as well in a row. It's like, just reiterate that point there, Kyle. Yeah, yeah, got it. Good, let's move on. Yeah, no, he's great, Kyle. Um, anyhow, suddenly I think Dr. Chenard comes home. Yeah, so he's um, so we got between Kyle looking at this through all this stuff, we get this very quick glimpse of the basement, the screaming, the steaming pipes, and then Kyle talking and flipping through notes. Then it's Dr. Chenard. He's leading an inmate into he's the. He's leading the get them off me, man. Yep, he's leading them into the room. Kyle sort of hides. He hides behind a curtain. Yes. This is why his stealth is so good. No one ever notices Kyle behind a curtain. No. He's just, he's standing there behind the curtain. um, And then the Dr. Chouinard gets the inmate, sits him on the mattress and... Undoes his straight jacket. Yeah. He's all cut up. And then we get a glimpse of what the inmate is seeing. Yeah. So he's just got like, like he's been digging into his own skin as well. Like he's just... To get them off him. Yeah. Whatever is on him, and we get this shot, and it's just him covered in maggots. Yeah, he's got like, yeah, so he's, and worms, all in his wo- these wounds. So he thinks he's cut up, and there's all maggots crawling inside of him, which I think yeah. is a, an actual phobia, one it of the bug is. ones. Yeah, yeah. So this guy thinks there's bugs all in him and over him. That's why he's like, get them off me. Yeah. Like, and, I feel for that guy as well. Like, there is a moment where you're just like, and you know that Shinar's just been keeping bad. it. He hasn't been trying to help him, he's just no. been keeping him for this moment. Dr. Shenard gives him a cutthroat razor mm-hmm. and he can like to, to get them off me guy. And you can see the look of happiness and get them off me guy's face. He's just like, oh my God, I can finally like, get them off me. And he just starts cutting into his skin. Yeah. And we get some also some quick shots of like what he's seeing as him cutting through the maggots and all this yep. stuff and his skin. And this, this shot looked pretty good, I it, thought. It did. And then of course, so he's... This film is graphic. It's no wonder very- banned. Like, this is actually worthy of being banned. This is a guy self-mutilating himself. Yeah. Totally, like, with a, a cutthroat. You see all the cuts, like, yeah. the blood lines. And, and you do. You, they go to the effort of, like, those close-up shots where you see the skin split as he's cutting through. And, like, that's. I think that's one thing that anyone who watches any kind of horror movie notices. Like, you're, you're less inclined to squirm over someone being chainsawed through the face. But you'll squirm if you're what if you watch someone like slit something yeah, open, like a paper cut, a yeah. super paper cut. Well, the, I actually saw some scenes in this version that I hadn't seen because my version was 
the TV VHS version I used to watch of this. So oh. there were some scenes cut out. Not many, but like some of them. That's some weird ones. And also some modified ones where in the version I had, they darkened shots so you couldn't see some things. Yes. They which, used to do that back in the day. Which um, the director stated he did on purpose because he wanted to sort of express how he was feeling with the world at that time. Oh. So he purposely made it darker. Because sure. Yeah, why not? Um, so as he's the so cut himself, he's up. you know he's he's covered in blood now, which means the mattress is now covered in blood, and of course, what what's going to happen? What did Kirsty warn us against? Don't you know this this mattress is a portal? Someone can come back. Don't they do died it. On it. What what happens? We get these bloodied hands and feet come through the mattress. They burst up. Yep. They oh, it was fantastic as well. Like burst up, and it's like. You know, just so the guy's laying on the mattress, cutting himself now. So they yeah. burst up from behind him and grab him from behind, like you know. Yeah, they basically, you know, legs around you, the arms. Yeah, pretty much. And he can't. He's rolling around. So as he's rolling around, he's basically just pulling this person. Yeah, he rolls off the mattress, of the mattress and pulls her. Yeah, pulls her up out of this mattress, which is wicked. Like, because yeah. so much blood in this scene. Yes, there is, and, and it's like, pretty. Oh man, and I, there's so much grossness. I love it. So the skin, and this person that he's pulled out is skinless. Yeah. So the skinless, so when you, that's one of the rules of hell is that when you come back through this portal, you can't bring your skin, like you just don't have skin ever. Sure. You know, you can't, you actually have to rebuild yourself. So she's, um, this blood has been enough. Because in the first film, Frank comes back from like drops of blood Mm. and he slowly regenerates like bits of his body and brain. Kind of like uh, Dr. Manhattan, you know, he comes back. Yeah. like as you know, first as like an eco, uh, a, a, a what do they call this? A, a, a brain stem and all stuff like that. Where yeah. this one, she has a mass amount of blood in one go, so she can at least get most of her body through out of hell in one go. Yep. <sighs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so she, so the inmate just rolls off the bed and immediately starts like clawing his way across the ground. Suddenly, he's, he wants to live. He's he's. <laughs> It, clearly everything's off of him and he's he's on his way. He's like, he's fucking off. He's he's not happy. He's like, you know, but he's also probably weakened from all the blood that he's lost. It's true. Um, so she's chasing him down. She's um, kind of weak as well. So she, they're yes. both crawling so it's around. It's like this really sad, like, army crawl along the ground and, you know, um, he's he's screaming and she's screaming and, you know. Yeah, and like they're slippery and stuff, and they're like, you know, he's like, she gets on, finally gets on top of him, and she kind of just pushes her fingers into the back of his neck. Yeah. Like, and it just kind of drains him, and it's this gross shot of, which wasn't in my original version, of like his face all blue with froth coming out of his mouth. At this whole time, like, uh, the get me out of here guy's reaching up. Trying to grab for something, which is the curtain, which Kyle was yeah. hiding behind. Kyle's so, just like, oh, fuck, I'm part you. of the world. I'm part of the world. He's fuck. like, he's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's like shitting himself. He's seeing this whole thing. Yeah. And he, uh, uh, the first opportunity, he uses his stealth and he fucks he's, off. He's, he's gone. He's uh, And he, it's not even like, a, 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 if I just like duck down, it's like he has to pretty much just thunk. You'd see him. You would see no, him. No, I felt that was going on, I reckon. But he's so stealthy. Um, so she's now just devoured this poor inmate's brain and she's kind of laying on the ground. She's like a little bit tired because it's taken a lot of out of her. Um, she's like, help me. She just needs to get back to the mattress. Yeah. Just this. And he's just standing there. Dr. Chenard, he's just standing there and he's splattered on him. He's just like, yeah, he's kind of like in awe slash panic slash doesn't, he's just 
watching. It's like I've I know it, I have a that, it's like a fear boner right now. I have a fear boner. Oh, yeah. I can't look away and then he just kind of kicks the mattress towards her so that she can get back and on. She gets in and writhes around in the blood like a fucking maggot in like, you know, a corpse like yeah. soaking up the blood and shit and then she kind of goes and like she I think she that's her taking her lungs are forming. Yeah. Yeah, so and then she gets up and we get this beautiful shot of her back. Like, you know, we can see the special effects artists have gone to fucking town. They must have yeah. the thinnest people in these, like, costumes. Oh, it it looked good. Well, do you know the guy that was the get me out of here guy? He is the guy who plays, because um, he was so thin, he he is the guy who's inside a lot of the, um, ah. the skinless people in the first film. Okay, that's very interesting. He's probably the guy who's in, no, he couldn't be because he's in that thing. It might not have been him. Do we see them together together, though? No, we might not, actually. I don't think we do. He might have played both those roles. Quite possibly. Anyhow. Just stick some boobies on him, he's fine. Yeah. Yeah, there are, like, weird, like, skinless boobs on her. Mm-hmm. There's actually a vagina shot in this. Did you notice as I well? I did not notice. Well, I, like, yeah, I'll mention it when it comes up. Great. Anyhow, we see this back. We see her, like, whole spine going down her, um, what are these bones called? Her... Shoulder bones? Her shoulder blades. Yeah, and stuff. And she's like breathing and moving. And you see it all moving. like and Because like, there's no muscles on top of... Like, it's just the skeleton with muscles intertwining. It looks wicked. Mm. Oh, yes, so it does. so good. Like, her face is like... You can see the skull, the skull coming through it and shit. It's pretty. <sighs> and so she sort of gets her shit together and she stands up and she turns around and she looks at Dr. Shannard and she's just like, well... Yeah. She says well. She does say well a lot. Well. Well. Yeah. And um, I know that's it. I think that's the end of the shot, isn't that's it? That's the end of the shot. We get to... Cut back to Tiffany. It's another stormy night and Tiffany is sitting there playing with yet another puzzle. She has solved another puzzle, which mm-hmm. is one of those square cube weird ones that you make a shape out, you know, yeah. a pattern on. Um, and then that was it. That was it. Just cut, just yeah, cut look, straight look, back look, to... Tiffany's still good at solving puzzles. Look at it. I'm surprised that didn't wake up Kirsty. <laughs> That <laughs> she was so quiet. Yeah. Um, then we cut back to Shannara's house like, straight away. And Julia um, is... So we see, like, them walking... Uh, the shots walking through this br- brutalist, you know, um, brutalist architecture house. Why? And we see, like, a bloody handprint on the wall, like, juxtaposing the chaos. Like, so much order is in this house and it's juxtaposed to the chaos of this arrival yeah. of this person. That's what I got from it. Yeah. She's standing in front of a mirror. She is, like... She's still gory and bloody, but she's kind of got some pants and a white shirt. I'm like, white as well? Like, mm-hmm. It's kind of like... I Like I said that. I'm like, wh- why would you give her white jammies? Just give her like some black ones or something. She's kind of looking in a mirror at herself. And then she, you know, she has a bit of a fit and punches the mirror. Mm. It all, all this is still looking very, very good. Dr. Mm. Shenard rocks up. He's got like a, he's got himself a scotch and a cigarette to calm himself down. And she walks up and just goes like... She takes like no, it's a wine. It's a wine. Grabs the wine. She sips and goes, "Oh, wine!" Because clearly she hasn't had wine in a while. Yeah. And then like smokes his cigarette. I liked this scene as well. It was just the the image of her, you know, this bloody it's... skinless face, beautiful white eyes, white teeth, and she's got a cigarette in hand, but she just kind of still looks really sinister without being like and very um. Graceful kind of thing It is a very weird scene Like this is a horror film That's got scenes in it Like creating horror That's not like normal horror No This isn't like You know her She's a monster Stalking people down Or anything No It's all about manipulation 
and the scene and people's desires taking over their life so much it makes you feel uneasy like mm. it's a weird that's why i like this film it's, it's like there's none other like in the series it's it's such a cool weird thing then we cut to um like close-ups of him wrapping her in bandages yeah basically turning her into like the invisible woman i said that yeah oh you did yep bandages are up like the invisible woman yeah and then um and then he can't she kind of like you know she's like well, what do you think? And she says, a, "Well, well, well." Uh, she's in a dress underneath, like you know, the dress on top of her bandages. And yeah, and then they make out. They do. She it's, kind of like sluts onto him, and it's gross, and it's horror. It, it's in there because yeah. Clive Barker always puts in any scene of affection is always disgusting mm. in his books and anything. You know, the characters all like suddenly decide to have sex while they're half dead and covered in blood and stuff like that. And this is a typical mm. bark. I don't know if he put this bit in on purpose. Also, because I always feel he's a gay man, he always shows the grossness of heterosexual relationships. Yes, he does. I, I did notice that. I mean, yeah, it's, it's so weird because like they just start this weird making out and then he just starts like, Feeling her up, yeah. Like, and just... Well, she actually grabs her, the bottom of her dress and pulls it up, and that's yeah. where we see her skinless vaginary kind of thing. Oh, I in didn't there. even see that. I uh, didn't you, even notice. Blinked. Look, it's me not paying attention to vagina. You're missing out on the fuck the reverse wang. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, so they have this moment together. It's gross, and she just turns and she's like, "Now all we need is skin." Now all we need is skin. Mm-hmm. Um. And a convenient cut to Kirsty in the shower. Kirsty in the shower. She gets out. Kyle's there already in her room. And he's like, it's all true. Yeah. We've got to get out of here. She had no skin. And then like another the best overreaction ever. Kirsty goes to her cupboard to open her clothes. Her clothes aren't in there. And she just looks at him and goes, shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it, it, and he's like, don't worry. I can get your clothes. I can get your clothes. It's like, well, why were the clothes taken? Dr. Chouinard is busy doing other stuff. He wouldn't have time to steal your clothes. Yeah, it's, it, I just thought it was a, another great overreaction. Yeah. It's like people in this movie, all they can do is say lines and then overact to situations. Yes, that's, that's it. That's and I'm cool. okay with it. Um, um, so they, they devise a plan. They're like, I, I, you know, he's like, I was there. They had puzzle boxes. We, you know, we, this is, uh, and she goes, they had puzzle boxes. Mm-hmm. I need to go get one of them so I can get into hell and get my dad back. Yeah. Which I'm like, how do you know that's going to work? I mean, she, in the first film, she defeated the Cenobites by solving the puzzle box again mm. whilst they were there. So that's a thing you can do. Yeah. So it brings them there, but it can also take them away. Yeah, well, I think they're very good with their bargaining. Like they, you know, oh, I'm going to take your soul. Wait, if I give you 30 souls... Or if I solve this box, then we're, we're square, right? Well, she, she gets away with them in the first film because she's like, you, someone escaped you. My brother, my uncle Frank got out of hell. And that's, yep. and he's like, no one escapes us. And he goes, well, there he is. Yeah. And, <laughs> but and they're like, oh, okay, we'll let you go. Yeah. But then she like, brings them back again. And like they, they fucking hate it because she yeah. continually calls them and doesn't get taken away. They don't get their, they don't get their, bic- their biscuits. They're yep. milk and cookies at the end oh. when they deal with her. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is basically the scene is them devising a plan. Like, I need to Which go is, get my dad, you know. Break back into Shannon's place. And yeah, get the, so we're going, but he's like, I know how to get in. We're yeah. going. It's just the door open all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, cut back to Shannon is still making out with the invisible skinless Julia. Um, it's just so weird that it's, they're just Now they're there. in the attic yep. of, the, of the house, and we can see revealed 
that there's like 10 people chained up. They've only got 10 people already. That's very... I think time we're supposed to have got passed in this time. Maybe a couple of days. Maybe. We don't know. I don't We don't even know where these people came. But I mean, he has a hospital, so he's just got a bunch of people. And it's not just a psychiatric hospital. Like, I'm sure that there is an aspect of it. So, like, because obviously it's not just inmates that are there. It was a tour group. Maybe. (laughs) There's, there's some beautiful women there. So, like, one of the the women... I think they were prostitutes, most of them. That's Quite, what they are implying, that they, yeah. like, hired prostitutes and then just killed them. And there's, like, ten people hanging in their attic by chains. They're all cut up, missing bits of their body, missing bits of skin, missing limbs. They're bloody. They're, they're, there's flies everywhere. We get that vibe yeah, of, that like... heavy buzzing sound, Heavy too. buzzing. Like, it's gross. We know that, like, this is a stink room. Anyhow, yeah. We, and then we are... There's a girl hung up with her boobs hanging out. We see Julia, like, go up to her and, and, like, dig her claws into the back of it. And we first we see, like, yeah, yeah. And then is this where they reveal her face? Yeah, so she she sticks her very skinless hand into the back of the woman's neck. And as she pulls it out, she's got skin and perfectly manicured painted nails. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yep. Um, and then she... Uh, Chenard unravels the bandages and Julia is a sexy, perfect hair, evil fucking... With makeup. Makeup face. And she just looks like a evil princess and I kind of dug it. Um, and then that, that was it. Kyle and Kirsty then sneak in. We get the next scene. Kyle and Kirsty sneak in to yeah. the, the oddities room. The oddities room. I like the oddities room. Um, Kyle goes... It's so strange as well because, like, they're in this room to get a box. All you have to do, walk in. Grab oh, a here box, it is. Fail. Fuck off. No, yep. Kyle decides he's going to go check the rest yeah, of the house. Before we do anything, i got to check the rest of the house. And I'm like, why? You're right in front of it. You're one foot away from your prize. Yes. Just take it and get out. Yeah. Just, we, yeah, it should have been, like, maybe the boxes weren't there. Yeah. At that stage or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, we see. We also see Shenard has left to go to the hospital again. Yep. Probably to get some more people. He's gone to get someone. Hmm. So he's he's bailed. So it's just now Kirsty, Kyle, and then Julia are upstairs at the moment. Yep. Um. So Kyle leaves Kirsty in the oddities room. She's going through all the notes, and he's walked upstairs. Um. He can hear this buzzing, and he's about to walk into the what I've referred to as the corpse room. Well, the corpse at it, yep. Um, and then uh, Julia sneaks up behind him, and she's um, she's. Well, she like, didn't sneak up; she just touched it because he doesn't recognize her because he no. doesn't, he doesn't realize that but she's got skin now. Well, she doesn't realize that she doesn't. He just thinks this is a lady mm. who might be working in the place because she's like, "Oh, don't go in there; it's horrible." Yeah, and he's like, "Is it still in there?" Like referring to her, yeah, as a monster. And, and then, uh, yeah. Yeah, they have this, like, brief interaction and he opens the door, and re- gets- revealing the corpse room. And it's, it's, and it's just, it's gross. It's, you know, we get another sort of picturesque of, like, this whole, like, the room, the buzzing, is every- everything's dead and de- de- decomposing. Um, so as that's happening, we get this cut back to Kirsty. She's now going through the notes um, and the books and she comes back to the picture of pre-Pinhead. Pre-pinhead, yeah. Yep. Just, uh, him and he's like, the photo of him as a human. Yeah, in his little army fatigues, um, you know, and then that's that's it. She, We cut back to Julia, locks Kyle in. She follows him into the room, yep, shuts, shuts the attic the door. door and locks it kind of thing. I think she locks it. doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, he seems so unfazed by the fact that he is in 
a room full of corpses. Which would stink. With a woman. And who seems to be like... Coming onto him? Yeah, heavily coming onto him. But heavily coming onto him from a mum perspective. Yeah, she's like saying, my poor child or whatever. Yeah, it's like, horrible, let isn't mama, it? Let mama make and it. And she kind of like saunters up to him. And we see from the, the back of her that her she's still not finished. Like her back is still like all the spine and yeah. the muscles and stuff like that. Then she like grabs Kyle, force kisses him, sticks her hands into the back of his head basically. And then we see her back is now finished. Yeah. So she is like, she's used Kyle as her last victim. He's dead. Daddy Bones I'm like, oh, Kyle. Yeah. Uh, Jesus Christ, he's, Kyle. He's dead. Fucking, it's a shame. She sucks him dry, ditches yep. him on the ground. I mean, he kind of had it coming. I mean, we knew he had it coming just from any kind of, like, movie perspective. You watch it, you were like, yeah, he's going to die. Oh, yeah. He could have been, like, the end boy. Boo! <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, we cut downstairs to Kirsty. She hears his slump from upstairs, which is basically Kyle hitting it's the like ground. like a Kyle-sized thud. Yeah, yeah Kyle. She goes, that sounds like Kyle hitting the ground. <laughs> Since I can hear everything else. Um, she pockets, she grabs quickly in the way. She pockets the picture of human pinhead thinking, mm-hmm. maybe I can use this at some stage against the Cenobites. Yep. So right. She goes running up the stairs, walks straight into the corpse attic and just basically just sees all the carnage and everything. Finds dead Kyle. And she's just like, not again. Yeah, she's like, not again. Oh, this is fuck. So, like, why are you saying not again? You're literally doing all of the steps to make sure that this is happening again. Yeah, true. Anyway, Julia reveals herself from out of the shadows in the attic. Yep. She has this cool monologue. She's like, you know, they changed the rules, Kirsty. I'm no longer the wicked stepmother. I'm now the evil queen. Mm. Well, she was. The character at Julia was actually meant to be revealed as the queen of hell. But I think there was they were still in that... Uh, Antelique, mm, whatever her name is. is yeah, it, very it, similar. But again, they were like, nah, Pinhead's better. Yeah, well, so, Pinhead was supposed to be a passing centre and it was supposed to yeah. be about like the lore of it was hell. About, but. It was more meant... To, so the first one was meant to be more about Frank and skinless Frank and all of this. But then they realised that he just looked cooler. So <laughs> they went with that. And here we have a franchise genius. Yeah. Um, so... I never understood this. Like, w- was she really a queen? Like, because, like, it's almost like she's implying, even later on, that like she was let out of hell on purpose, mm. which she wasn't. Yeah. I mean, this film had a lot of rewrites as well. So I think they were going in a direction and things sort of changed, and then they had to kind of go with what they already had. Yeah. Anyhow, she slaps Kirsty out. Yeah, smacks a bitch. Smack. Kirsty is unconscious now. Um. Yeah. Then Shenard rocks up, back from the hospital. Who has he got with him but Tiffany? Oh. Uh-oh. Not the girl that can solve puzzles. No. That would be too easy. So then we cut to Tiffany, sitting on the floor of the, of the research, like, what do you call it? Oddities the, room? The oddities room, yeah. And she sit, she has a puzzle box in her. So they've clearly yep. given, she, he's clearly given a puzzle box. Julia and Shenard are hiding behind a two-way mirror, watching the events, and she's like, are you sure you want this? Mm. And he's like, this is what I've always wanted. I have to see. I have to know. So yep. he's like, and she's like, okay. Like, doesn't phase her that much. But, like, I thought that would have phased her a lot more. But then she's giving him what he wants. But yeah. But then again, well, it is a bit more of a plan. Yeah. I like, mean, I think she kind of knew exactly what she was doing from the very get-go with how he would end up she's, yeah, she knows, in she, this hell. 
yeah. kind of thing. Um, so then Tiffany starts to solve the box and we also the room starts to react to yeah. her because that's what happens when you start solving the box. Like the whole world kind of warps around you because yeah. it's actually creating a gateway between the dimensions. Yeah. And it's such a nice scene as well because she, she doesn't just sort of get the box and start like doodling it like a fucking Rubik's cube. Um, she she's investigating the box and she's kind of like looking and investigating and interacting with it before she starts mm. even she's a, she's touching a, she's it. She's a pro puzzler. She is a pro puzzler. So she's like, hmm, hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And of so, course, like this electric storm starts happening because Pumpkinhead's around back as well. You know, it's fine. Yeah, Pumpkinhead bringing the big weather. <laughs> um. Yeah. You know, yeah. like the, the the fetuses in the jars start to become alive and bubble. Things start, all the Everything papers blow around, windows and fly open. And it's and good. Then, and then uh, Tiffany solves the box. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, of course, as soon as she solves the box, everything starts to explode. Yeah. You know, like the, the jars explode. And then like the mirror, that the two-way mirror that... Um, Julia and Shanada are looking and explodes into their faces. They're like, oh, well, well that's fucked. <laughs> doesn't hurt them. Um, and then we see the hell doors open. Yep. So the hell doors are like, I just call them hell doors. That's fine. They're like dimensional gateways. They're, they're doors that open up where doors aren't. And I really mm. like that. I, that's part of the thing. So it's yeah. just like, you know, gateways to desires and stuff like that. Um, and we also see a doorway open behind Julia and Shanada. And they're still hidden from this whole view. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they kind of look behind them, and then we see, and then we see the Cenobites come out of mm-hmm. the things, and it's Pinhead and his gash. Yes, Do you remember they're called a gash. They are called a gash. So a gash is a group of Cenobites with yep. a, uh, with a Hell Priest, and so Pinhead is the Hell Priest, and his gash is made up of um, Butterball, Chatter, Chatter, and then the, the and just female Cenobite. Female. She never got a fucking name. She does have a name though. Does she? Um, her name is... Oh, I've written it down later kind of thing. The, the next time they come in, I've yeah, written it down. Yeah, that's fair. That's okay. Um, so, yeah. So, they've arrived. Um, you know, Pinhead, he comes in in all his fucking glory. And... Yeah, you know, they're all sharpening knives, looking menacing. Yeah. She's not even scared because she is so glitched. Yes. See, she's just sitting on the ground like going, people. Yeah. <laughs> people it's have like, come in. I've got huh. new friends. Yeah. <laughs> have they? Puzzles. Maybe you guys can puzzle with me. Yeah. Um. And, you know, because they're, they're ready to, to fucking do whatever they're going to do to her. And he he basically just turns around and he's like... Pinhead. It's, it's not... Yeah, sorry. Pinhead turns around and he's like, it's not hands that call us. It's desire. So Implying, he knows yeah. that she's not the one who's necessarily called on them. It's someone else. Yeah. This is a weird... This, this is what's weird in this part. The hell doors just stay open. Mm. Is it because... Of Pinhead going like, no, we can't take... Do they only close when something's happened? Anyway, it, it, it didn't make any sense to me. That I, so so they don't attack Tiffany. They just no. leave her. She, yeah. They don't give a fuck about her. Um, and then it cuts to Julia and Shanard. They've yeah. walked into the hell door and yeah. they're in a facet of hell. Yeah, they're just walking through this tunnel. And, you know, she Julia just keeps sort of looking at him like he seems so he's like a kid in a candy store and he, she's the one showing him the candy yeah, store yeah so she's kind of but she also has this like weirdly proud sinister look about her like well, she always does enjoy it while you can motherfucker exactly um yeah and then, I like and then we see you like pinhead and that that is leaf 
They just walk back into their doors yeah. and leave old Tiffany there. Did and then, you notice that she's standing there and she, because she, like, again, she's completely unfazed by this and she sort of just watches them leave. But she's got this sort of knowing smirk about her as well. Like, she knows. She knows something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, she, does she pick up the box? No. She leaves the box there. I think she leaves the box there. And then that's it. We kind of see her wistfully, intriguingly looking at the hell door. Yeah. And then it cuts. Uh, and I've yeah, written in my notes, why didn't the hell doors close up when they went back? Yeah. It must be something to do with something. Yep. Uh, we cut to Kirsty waking up now from her unconsciousness. She looks around the room, sees the whole world is kind of it's... pulsating and breathing. And she's like... Oh, no. Yeah, it's all crumbling Fucking around her someone's again. Someone's opened the box. Um, she come, No, because she comes down. She comes down to where Tiffany is, um, yeah. where Tiffany was, and she finds the box. Yeah, she grabs the box. She grabs the box. And just in one stride, she runs through the room, grabs the box, and runs straight into a hell door. Yeah, she knows what she's doing. She's not fucking around. Yeah, and then she starts, you know, she's running around for a while. She starts yelling out, Dad, Dad, where are you, Dad? It's not dad that she's well then we, i think we get a, also we get a shot of a, like a wide shot it cuts out from this thing and we can see that they're in a gigantic labyrinth yeah it's, it's basically like, like an mc escher maze yeah yeah uh, it's like um you know it's like super duper duper tall as in like you know there's there's levels and levels and levels that go yeah. down and down and down it's all made of stone gothic-y looking kind of thing it looks really good uh yeah so Kirsty's running around for a while Looking for her dad. Yeah, dad, dad, dad. She, uh, she runs into Tiffany in hell. Yep. Yeah, she's like, she doesn't even go, Tiffany, what are you doing here? Yeah. Like, she had no idea that Shenard brought her to hell. No. I mean, to the house. No. So she's just like, Tiffany, hey, how you been? What's Fancy running on? into you here. What are you, what have you been up to? <laughs> like, um, anyway, they run. Yeah, that is a bit weird that she doesn't even. She's not faced. She's like, well, we're all here, aren't we? The gang's all here. Oh, hang on. No. Before it, before sorry, we I've cut ahead. Yep. Before they run into each other, we see Tiffany walking through hell a little bit, just investigating yeah, hell. Yeah, she she's come, in some weird carnival sideshow. Yeah, because hell always changes to who you are, kind of yeah. thing. She's in a, a carnival sideshow. There's like images of her mum going, "Please help my child, mm. help my child," and then like someone grabs her. I can only assume. This is what I've always got from this: that Doctor Shenard, they went to. To, to Dr. Shenard to help her child and he saw the potential in the puzzle-solving version of her. Yes. Kept her as an inpatient. Yes. And killed her mother. Yes. So he could keep Tiffany. Yes. Yeah, is that what you got that, out of that it? That is, like, pretty much explained um, in, a f- in a little bit in the film. Like, that's they really hard-line that. Um, so he never shows it being... Dr. Shenard. I thought maybe she was just like, that may have happened before and that's what made her like that. Mm. I don't know. Well, there's a lot of trauma. So there's a lot of trauma flashbacks from her. So all you see is her as a young girl, which is... Going the, mommy. The only way they make her into a young girl is just like by giving her weird details. walked in on someone killing her parents. Yeah. So we only get this mute. weird trauma. It's not until um, a little bit later on that, the, that we get that actual scene-by-scene scene rundown of what has happened, um, which is enough to sort of leave it open-ended for you to go, well... well did, and but did, also did, I did just, Shenard actually... I fully uh, just get it, ...operate yes. on her to make her not be able to speak? Yes, he did. Yeah, he made her like... He lobotomised her a little bit just so he, she wouldn't... Because yeah. he... Yeah. It's just a little sexy lobotomy. with his, the mum and killed her or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And then then Kirsty runs in. Like Tiffany's still not that phased by all the shit she's looking at. Yeah. Well, before that, I think before they run into each other, because it's um, Kirsty's finds her fa- like a nice family home. She's looking at old family photos, and everything starts to bleed. Things start to break. Everything starts shattering. Because um, I don't. This think is the she- house that the the first movie was set in. Yeah. And then everything starts to just go to shit in this house, and then she's once again. Surrounded by the Cenobites. Yeah, so they've, they've caught up with a pit and his gasher there. Mm-hmm. And I really like this scene, how they would spin around when they're talking to her in the shot. Yeah. Like the camera shot. Like, it just gave that unease of, like, they don't even exist in the the correct gravity. So no. Every time it cut to a, uh, a Cenobite talking, they would be spinning around, like, the shot. It's really cool. Mm. Um, just to get, like, make it more uneasy. They start to, they're like, oh, Kirsty. What do you? Of course you'd be here. Fucking hell! Like, when shit fucks up, it's, it's always you. it's always you. You know, you fucked us over once, you fucked us over twice. Um, he says something about it as well. She's like, I didn't even open the box, and he's like, and here you are. He goes, like, Oh, what was it last time? Didn't know what the box did. Yep. How many excuses have you got? That's right. Um, he changed. She's actually the box. got the box at this time. Yes. And she try, tries to start fucking with it, and he goes like, How can it send us back? We're already here. Yes. And I, I really like the, those lines and stuff. And then he changes the box. No, he doesn't change the box. He doesn't change the box? No. So the box flies up, transforms into... Um, uh, well, the only thing I can say it as is the D8 Dra- Dungeons & Dragon dice is yep. that shape. It's like a diamond. I kind, yeah, I kind of thought he was doing it with his mind. No, because there's that point there. He looks at the puzzle box and he's perplexed by it. Mm. I mean, he looks at it and goes like, hmm... Like, why did the puzzle box turn into that other thing, which mm. is Leviathan? Yeah. Which is, I'm going to bang. That's my favorite. I know. My I, favorite can't, I can't wait. He's my favorite character. Everybody get ready. No. Get ready. Yeah. So, yeah, the box changes itself. So, there's something going on weird. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah, that Pinhead doesn't, this is the whole thing. Pinhead doesn't know. He thinks it's business as usual, but there's something that's, like, he doesn't know about Julia. Yep. Um, he doesn't know about any of this shit. Mm. <laughs> Okay. Um, so he's basically just like, feel free to explore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like we, she goes to run away and he's just like, go. He yeah. goes like, feel it's like, free. We have eternity to know your flesh. Yeah. Which so I he like. just lets her out. He doesn't care, right? She's already in hell. He's, well, you know. He does give her a lot of leeway, old Kirsty. He does. He has. She has helped him in the past, though. Mm. Yep. Um, yeah, so then we get like this next sort of scene of Shenard and Julia. That you know, there's babies crying in the background. Like I'm not. I don't know. First, first, like she's like, Kirsty yells at Pinhead before she bails. She's like, mm. I've come for my father, and he's like, Oh, but he is in his own hell as you're in yours. And I'm like, yes. Hang on, this doesn't make any sense because we should be in Tiffany's hell because she opened the box. Yes. Yet. Here no. We are. Um, and also later on, Frank's in there. But that could be part of her hell. I think it is part of her hell for yeah, sure. Um, and I, well, I think part of her hell was actually just and, forever and then she goes searching to, and not being able to find her father. Yeah, and then she goes to run out yeah. and explore hell. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we get like this weird... Ba- Why are there babies crying? There's like, always babies crying. Yeah, but it just sort of <laughs> perplexed me a little bit that it had something to do with Chenard, but also we have no, like, I don't know. Um, no, even in the first film, babies crying is just a, it's an unnerving thing that is like supposed is, to jilt you. Like, it is we're, very unnerving. We're programmed as humans that when babies cry, we get anxious to go stop it crying. So yeah. just a oh, constant baby crying, 
would really fuck you off. It really would. Um, so, yeah, there's babies crying and then all of a sudden, like, they spy through, like, a little walkway that there's just people fucking because, of course, they are. Why wouldn't One they One of them be? turns into Julia. Yeah. Sure. It's just hell. It doesn't make sense. It's They're- more his desire kind of thing. We can only assume that, like, everyone has their own hell in this labyrinth. Yeah. So, like... Do you know what I mean? Like, maybe the uh, pinner was applying your father is in his own hell, which meaning in a part of this labyrinth, which is so far away, you'll yeah. never find it. Like, well, it's, it's, it is a lot like... Because it is the labyrinth. There's no there's not, like, different versions of this place. This is the labyrinth yeah, of hell. Yeah, it's very much like the movie The Labyrinth with David Bowie. Yeah. Well, there was a goblin prince. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's fine. Uh, anyway, we cut back to Kirsty. Yeah. Now she's running through the halls. She's lost. And then she stumbles upon Tiffany. This is where she runs into her. Yeah. yeah. She runs into her and she's like, you got to close the box. Yeah. Like, you open the box, Tiffany. You have to close it so we can get out of here. Mate, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> sure. We'll, no. we'll run with that. And now, cut to Julia and Shinar. They're at the top of the labyrinth now. So they're at the, like, the most echelon part. They're basically walking on top of it. Yeah. And it's a wide shot to reveal the big old Leviathan. So mm-hmm. the Leviathan is, um, he is the lord of the labyrinth. He is, from people don't know what he looks like, he is basically, yeah, what is that shape? Imagine a D8 D&D dice, but elongated. So yep. like a big crisp, two two pyramids sitting ass to ass yes. on, each, <laughs> on each other. Yeah, uh, that's the best description. But elongated, so it's very long, and it, it's it's just this big fucking monolith that floats in the middle of the labyrinth and just slowly spins. And it's like um, this His, sound that's coming out of it as well. Yeah, which I've written down what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's the he's the master and creator of the Cenobite. So he yep. is basically the Cenobite boss, um, and he he is an elder god. He is a an entity. Uh, Something be, uh, he has he has existed before there was existence. Yeah, he um, he liked you know everything when it was nothing. He was like this is wicked, mm-hmm. and suddenly there was like the big bang. He yep. was pre so he was pre big bang, and then the chaos started to come in. The chaos theory to create humans, and he's just like he fucking hates chaos. He's like oh yeah, Leviathan is like the epitome of organization and structure. Yeah. So he sees humans as too chaotic. So his whole thing is he created the Cenobites, he created the labyrinth, and he created the, the puzzle boxes to bring them and to annihilate humans, basically. Yeah. Which is like, he's just trying to get shit back to being post-pre-Big Bang. Um, which is such an, a big idea. It's, it's a big call. It's a lot of work. Um, yeah, in that scene, there's like this horn going the whole time. It's like, yeah. and that actually is... Morse code for God. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, it's very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's the little things that really... Uh... Like, to me, the Leviathan is the best character in Hellraiser. It's such a weird character. He has daughters. He's an inanimate object that has daughters. Um, and Antelique, whatever. What was her name? Angelique. An- Angelique or whatever. Yeah, she's the princess of Hell, which, which implies... Yeah. But, but a- later on, because, like, what's her name? Julia says she's the princess. The queen of hell. Yeah. So she, Ange- Angelique's whatever's mother? Did she bang the monolith? Hey, look, whatever floats your boat. Okay? You um, want to bang a monolith, you bang a monolith. Yeah, so... Yeah, he views, he views the human world of flesh as chaotic and wrong kind of thing. And he uses the Cenobites as foot soldiers in the war against chaos and flesh. Yeah. I love that line. 
So that's Leviathan. He's just a big old spinning Rub- uh, Dr. Rubik's puzzle. <laughs> but And that is what the puzzle box turned into. And that's why Pinhead was like, why would he turn into my god? Yeah. Like, that doesn't make sense. Um, yeah. So then Julia, we get... That was me monologuing about Leviathan. Then we no, get Julia please. monologuing about him, like Leviathan being her god and blah, 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 blah. But yep. what, my, what he also has is these two jets of black light that come out of both sides of him. And as he's spinning, um, if you get hit by those black beams, like with Dr. Shinard does get hit by them, and it makes you feel all the sins and wrongdoings that you have had in you have done in your life in an instant. Yeah. So we see Dr. Shinard get hit by this black beam, and we get a quick flash montage of all this, like, grotesity. Yeah. Um, some of the things being, I think... Some of the things of what he's done to Tiffany. Tiffany. Yeah. But not, like, the full amount yet. That's uh, that's up and coming. And then he, like, obviously that fucking takes a shitload out of you. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, fuck. And, Tiff- and uh, you know... Uh, Julia's like, but this is what you wanted to see. This is what you wanted to know. And he's like, yep. oh, fuck, this is shit. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's on that border between I fully regret this decision and please, sir, may I have another? Yeah. No, no I don't think he's ever on another. I think at this point he's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Maybe I you know, bit off more than she. And at this point we see a thing rising up from behind him. It's like a box. It's a, it's a creation chamber, it's called. Yeah. Uh, basically, it's like the puzzle box, but it's more like a closet. <laughs> So you go into the closet. Yep. Oh, Clive. <laughs> um, it's basically he goes. Julia kind of like walks him backwards into this and pushes him into this thing. We see like these like kind of biomechanical fleshy arms grab into him, stab into him. We see like cheese wire get pulled over his face. Mm. You know, we see big syringy, fleshy syringes get stabbed into him and they're taking out his blood. We see another one gets stabbed into him and it's putting in blue liquid into him. Yeah. It basically violates him in every space. A big fucking one goes into his mouth and fucks his mouth. And, yeah, so this is the creation chamber. And, you know, it's like... Yeah, yeah. It looks really good. Yeah, yeah. It's gross. It is. It's very disturbing. It's like a torturous, horrible violation of being a human. Anyhow, that floats down. You know, it, it goes back into the fall. Where the fuck it came from? Who knows? Yep. Um, so, basically, if he's going into this creation chamber to become this Cenobite, does that create a box of its own? No. So now, so he. No, doesn't... no. There's this, there's heaps of fucking boxes. Yeah. So like each Cenobite doesn't have its own box. No, the uh, Leviathan just creates boxes. Okay. Like that. Yeah. The the doorways basically. It's just what he's doing. Yeah, and the Cenobites go out and there. He's like his soldiers that go out and fuck fuck cunts up. <laughs> um, but they just kind of act like they don't even know why they're doing it. Like, mm. and they, at this point, the Cenobites think they've done it forever. Yeah. Like they didn't know. That they used to be human. It's probably like first day on the job kind of thing. Yeah. Cut back to Kirsty and Tiffany. They're still yep. fucking around in hell, <laughs> trying to like find. They're still trying to find a dad, even though yeah. they're like, just told, stop trying to find your dad. Just leave. You know, Kirsty comes up and suddenly, oh look, this front door. This is my old house. Let's go in there. Why would you ever think in this place that your dad is going to be in the door? It's like going into Freddie's house and thinking it's going to be A-OK. Yeah, right? Yeah. So she goes in going, oh, this is my house. Clearly it'll be fine. 
And Tiffany's just there. She's just like, in her like mute way, saying like, don't go into the house. I don't want you to go in the house. She's like, it'll be fine. I'll, I'll, you stay here. I'll be out in a minute. Yeah. Um, so she goes into the this house. It's not a house. It's like this big sort of open area. It's like a concrete church. Yeah. A uh, brutalist concrete church. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, every step she takes, like, uh, like a bed comes A big stone bed, out, yeah. And there is, like, a woman sort of writhing under sheets and they're we kind of, like... We can't see her. She's like, oh, yeah, she's, I feel sexy. Can you do it in your sexy deep voice right now? And then she goes to pull it... No. <laughs> she goes to pull off the sheet and, like, whenever she pulls off the sheet, the, the latest disappears. Yep. So, like, you know, what the fuck? And these things are, like, intermittently going, coming, like, coming out. And then sliding back. back into these holes in the wall. And I'm like, yeah. very cool. Very, very, just more, more, like, more imagination than any film is, is deserved to have. Mm-hmm. Like, and then yeah. from out of the shadows comes Uncle Frank. He yeah. Well, she comes across a makeup dresser. And the, this makeup dresser is like, it's dirty. So all the makeup that is on there has all been spilled out. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's every makeup lady's nightmare. Like, that's not how you, Go and as she's sort of looking at this, she sees this picture, and Frank has a picture of himself. Well, there's a picture of Frank on the dresser, and she looks up. On the mirror is written, "I'm in hell, help me." She's did the same in the same same bad punctuation as yep. the first one. And as this is happening, the beds uh, with the women they come out again. This time they're all blood soaked, so they're all like writhing the under there, yeah, but the sheets are all cool. bloody. And then Uncle Frank, rocks he, up. he rocks up. Who is the protagonist, uh, the antagonist from the first film yep. who gets pulled back into hell at the it looks end. Like a, it looks a little bit like Zac Efron in this. So yeah, yeah. he's not yeah. a bad looking dude. The whole no. point is that he is like super charismatic and you can't resist him. Yeah. Women. He, that's why he's a, he's a, and he's a fucking dickhead to women. He is a dickhead. Um, and he just says, didn't he, you get my message? Didn't you get my message, Kirsty? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's all like, sin- everyone's so sinister. Yes. And he, he immediately attacks her. And he gives us a little flashback to like that one second of like, help me, I'm in hell from the very start. Just in case you didn't yeah. put all those puzzle pieces together. Two and two together. Um, he's got her up against like a pillar and he, he's explaining like, I sent for you. Like, you know, he's, he's basically like, you know, it wasn't your dad. It was me. I needed you to come here so I can get out. Evil plan, evil plan, evil plan. And he kind of explains that the women under the sheets are there to tease him. He goes, this is my hell. They promise forever and never deliver. That's right. So (laughs) he kind of called her in because he's just super horny and needs something to bang. She kisses him, which, okay, why? Why is she kissing him? She, it's I know why she's doing it, she's but like also why? She's Darcy. She's like, I'm going to, you know, I have, the only way to get out of this is to play along for a second. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, get him on get him on the back foot a bit. You know. Um, she walks over. So she, she kisses him. She walks over to where one of those, uh, those weird bed things are. And she basically says, uh, like, you do with, with me what you will. Um, but immediately whips off a sheet, sending it over to the makeup table where there are candles. There's candles and fucking flames everywhere. She said, I'd rather burn. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I don't get this bit, eh? And then immediately the sheet goes up in flames. Everything else goes up in flames because it's not just a, you know, localised fire. It's everything. I think because maybe the whole point is that he's not allowed to get rid of the sheets, maybe, or not allowed to touch them. Possibly. Or something, 
or I don't know. But no. yeah, anyhow, everything catches on fire. Yeah. And in between this, like, he starts peeling off his face. Or his skin kind of melts off. Because why does he have skin? Yeah, that's a very good question. I think he's just acquired some skin, but it wasn't on very well. And this has all loosened it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, all his skin melts off and he's turned into a skinless man. Yep. So what? he's just there, you know, skinless looking dapper. Um, the flames dissipate and all of a sudden Julia is now in the room with Tiffany. She's grabbed Tiffany from the scruff of her neck. She's, she's got like, her hostage. And she's like, Frank. Now, if we all remember, oh, Frank, Frank fucked her over. They the f- have beef. Yeah, they have beef. She, uh, He basically sacrificed. They had, like, you know, they were lovers, but mm-hmm. he was actually fake loving her and he sacrificed her to the Cenobites at the end of the film. Yeah. Of the first film. So she is fucking pissed. Like, she got sent to hell because of him. Yeah. She tries, like he tries. But he thinks he's like God's gift to women. He does, and even skinless, he like he's trying to seduce her, and he's like he's, you know, he's there, and he's like, oh, remember we all those like all those good times that we fucked, real good, and you just come back to me, and we can, you know, we'll rule hell together. No, no, it's not. Well, gonna she happen. kind of still like slutty goes, yeah, yeah, that's gonna happen. It's gonna be great. Yeah. Then she fucking rams her fist into the his back. <sighs> And pulls his heart out, oh, out this. through his back. And then she says the line that he says to her in the first film. Like, she's like, nothing personal, personal baby. Because oh. he, like, stabs her in the film and says yeah. that. Like, the, fuck it. That scene alone. She's just... And she's just there. Because she had this whole smug sense of determination on her face as soon as she saw him. Like, she knew what she was going to do. And she is just... I think she knew that there was no way he had any kind of hold or defeat coming... At her. And she's more powerful now. Yes. Because she's like, oh, we forgot to mention this, like, like earlier on, she mentions like that, you know, Leviathan is my god. He sent me out to find some more Cenobites, basically. People to become Cenobites. Yeah. And I chose you. Yeah. Kind of thing. Which makes me feel that like the desires that Shenard was feeling for the box maybe being like put in through her or something. Like, how do they choose people? Hmm. Anyhow. Anyway, matter. It's a fucking great scene and I absolutely loved it. Uh, so Kirsty and Tiffany, they they make a run for it. So while all this is happening, they make a run for it. Of course, they fucking... Some, a, a wall just opens up and creates like a vortex. Yeah, like a, a, a sucking vortex. windy vortex. But fuck, of course, one of them drops and falls, you know, dropping the puzzle box. And then Julia picks it up because now she's caught up with them. It's not the puzzle box. It's the Leviathan box. Okay, the Leviathan box. I apologize. the ass end pyramid shape instead of a square. Yeah. So she's picked it up. Meanwhile, we now get this Dr. Shenard is coming out of the box as... A newly formed Cenobite. Yeah, we see the creation chamber like slowly rising up out of the thing and like... um, Wait up. So he's a, he's a newly formed Cenobite. And, you know, he, he can't, he's like reveling in this. Like he's, this is like a sense of power that's come through him. So obviously it's something that he's wanted for a very long time. Um, and he just, he kind of, he's there and he's like. He walks ah. out at first. Yeah. And he's like, and to think I hesitated. hesitated. And he's like got the cheese wires on his yeah, face. He's like blue. He's dug got, into him. He's got the garb. Yep. He's all like, at the moment, all his vibe is he's just a Cenobite with cheese wire on his face. Yep. But then from all of a sudden, from above him, comes down this big fat worm, like a tapeworm kind of 
vibe. Yeah, that's what we'll call it for now. A big tapeworm. Yep. Like, it's fat. It's like as thick as like a human head. Like where, and it opens up. It's kind of like jaw things, and it's got like the brain. Yep. Um, one of the like brain masher. One of the, one of these tools he does for open brain surgery, and that comes in and grabs the top of. Um, Shenard's head mm. and he's like Rrr. yeah it's like just drilling into him and it's he's drilling just like... into his head and like and he's like you know he's spasming out yeah. and I, and then that's, that's a hard cut I think yeah. like, when we're is. like what's going on yeah it's a hard cut back to Tiffany um, she now has noticed that Julia has the Leviathan box and she's decided she's going to go in for the rescue what's that um, Julia, no 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 first um so yeah, like so. So that we forgot to kind of mention this vortex has opened up on one of the walls and it's trying to suck them in. Kirsty's grabbed onto the other wall. Uh, Tiffany's kind of half in it, holding on, like yeah. getting sucked. It's all very loud and and then yeah, the Julia's runner and then she's kind of like full. Uh, I think someone hits her or something or a bit of lightning or Kirsty hits Julia and then she gets pulled into the vortex but she stops herself halfway down the vortex because she's so strong. Yeah, yeah. so Julia is like, she's like both hands against the walls and she's kind of like just standing there. It's really hard to explain what this thing is because it yeah. doesn't make any sense. No, it's like it a sucking doorway. Yeah, it's like a wind tunnel. Yeah. It's a wind tunnel. Uh, yeah. We don't even know if it's bad at the other end. <laughs> no, we have no idea. We assume it's bad because we're in hell. I assume it is. Um, so she's still got this like, leviathan box in her hand and tiffany spies it and she's like i'm going for it yeah and uh, um, like but uh kirsty thinks that tiffany's trying to save julia but she's kind of yeah. actually just like reaching out for the box yeah and julia she's... goes <laughs> you idiot trying to save me <laughs> and, and meanwhile like kirsty's like no 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 don't 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 let her fool you but i think she knew full well what she was doing because she grabs tiffany grabs julia's arm and as she starts pulling her arm, of course, her skin starts to become loose. Yeah. And then she's, like, immediately sucked yeah, out. Yeah, it's kind of like her back rips and yeah. she's sucked out of her own skin and, yeah. uh, like, and, and just leaving... Leaving her flesh. Yeah, her skin. Just her, the skin body. We see her skinless body go... Yeah. Fall into the vortex. I think it's the last time we... Yeah. I think it's the last time we see her. Um, um, and then, but it's just, like, this skin on the floor. Yeah, it's just a skin costume with, now. <laughs> which still has the yeah. Leviathan box in hand. And I'm guessing this is where the guy from the Furies got his outfit from. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's just how uh, the guy got the idea for a onesie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, so we've, we've now got right, the, the, the corpse of, like, Julia's skin is still holding the, pu- the puzzle jewel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um... But they also Tiffany just tosses leave down. It. She's still holding. She's still holding. Yeah, well, I think she just freaks out. She's, yeah. Well, they don't even know. To them, that's not even the puzzle box. No, because it, it doesn't look like the box. Yeah. And it so they basically just like dump and run. Like, um, fuck this shit. And they they run back. They're making their way. They make their way back into the hospital room. Yeah, they make it out where the doors close. Yeah. So, so the they, doors they, to help close. They run down this hall. They get back to the room. The hell door closes. Is it closed? Yeah, it closes. Yeah, they look back and it's just a normal wall and they're like, we fucking did it. Yeah. We got out of hell. You know, Kirsty's We didn't there. have to go in there. No, like- we didn't have to do it, but we did it. And now, you know, we're sitting here. Um, so Kirsty's upset. She's failed her dad. You know, so she's sitting on the bed having a bit of a cry to herself. And then um, Tiffany Ten- comes over and consoles her. 
Yeah, a tender moment with Tiffany, like, kind of like, she doesn't show any emotion to anyone. And this mm. is the first time we've seen her go, like, oh, she's like, she perplexed by her own action. She's like, what am I doing? Why am I, like, yeah, touching I'm this other touching person? You. Yeah, so she kind of, and then, like, I think, uh, uh, Kirsty, they hug. Yeah, she's like, we're getting out of here. Yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. And yeah. they go down out of the room. They start walking down the halls, and what do we see? Yeah. Shit's gone south. Yeah. So, the, like, another storm has rolled in at the, this time because there's all of these inmates that are in those beds at the very beginning. They are each on a bed playing with a puzzle box. And, and not only are they playing with a puzzle box, the puzzle box is chained to their faces. Yeah. <laughs> like... Yep. So they're all playing with these bubble boxes, chained to their faces. I'm like, oh, my God, this is horrible. Like, such good. There's so many good scenes. And then we, they get to the end of, like, you know, the, the ward, the long ward, and the double doors burst open that all wards have, and fucking in comes... Dr. Dr. Cenobite. Dr. Shenard, who has now been... His Cenobite name is The Doctor. Yeah. So he's now the doctor. He is being suspended by the big fat dick worm that's holding his head. Yeah. He's he, now like the Doc Ock of Cenobites. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I love this idea because um, I, this has always stuck with me, this idea of the character of like they're suspended by this thing which just goes off out of shot or into a like thing that you just don't know where it comes from yeah, and how long like, it is or how it's worked. What's at the end of it? Yeah, what's at the end? I love it. It's just so... Uh, anyhow. That's fine. He the, basically, he just goes to fucking town. No, but first, like, so he bursts in. Fucking, you know, Kirsty looks at her, a maid, and, this is, and then we see Tiffany, and oh, the yeah. first thing she says in the whole film, she breaks her silence and just goes, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, so Tiffany, uh, obviously it takes the trauma of this thing to get over her silence, her mm-hmm. mutism, which I, I have always liked that line. Like her yeah. it's, it's a good sort of like, because that would be anyone else's reaction. So you can see she's sort of coming back to it. And then we get like a shot of the, uh, the doctor's hands and we get the stop motion animation of his hands bursting open. And out come these like snakes, which yep. are f- clearly fed in through the worm tube. Yeah. And they have like, they kind of have mouths on the end, but they can change into whatever they yeah, want. Yeah, so like, the, one, some of them have scalpels, others have like needles or something in that. They're like thing. eyeballs that when they blink, they can become other things yeah. kind of thing. Like, it looks oh, Did you like sick. it? Yeah, it looks, yeah. it's gross. Isn't I love it? a stop motion as well. Like, it's a I good love a stop, stop motion. motion. And every time they show you things, like, you know, they'll, and they'll change. They'll, like, change from an eyeball, and then the eyeball will get pierced by a knife from inside and then turn into a knife. And you're like, so these things, is, and this, the idea of the Cenobite is pretty crazy. Yeah. And this is happening on Earth now. So the third Hellraiser film is called Hell on Earth. This is clearly way worse than anything yeah. that happened in that first film. And this is only in a corridor. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I like it. Um. Yes. Yeah. So he's basically he's going to town on those poor poor people. Like they're they're all dead. They're all going to die. They're all dead. Um, cuts back to no, yeah, because yeah, Kirsty and Tiffany run off. Yeah, they just. He's fuck. not even really that interested in them. No, I don't think he he's is. He's just like, saying doctor lines. He's like yeah. the doctor is in. Yeah, it's I like a good doctor line. He just eats them. Especially when it's coming out to some evil. Yeah, and then we like see you know picture of one of the people on the bed who's solving one of the inmates, and he's like, <gasps> and we see like the knives go smack like the the snipe the snake knives mm-hmm. yeah. out of the dude's hand like smash into his forehead and stuff. So, and then that kind of cuts, and we're you know it's implying that he's going through and killing everything he comes across. Yes, 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 yes. And then we uh, 
Then we cut, you know, there's a little bit of a shot of like Kirsty and Tiffany running through the halls of the hospital trying to escape. And of course, they walk into a room mm-hmm. and it's full of, it's dark, it's, it's full of chains. chains. Yeah. It's got the pillars. The pillars are quite like the, the hell pillars. They're like they're pillars with all this kind of shit on them that, and they're turning around. And it's, of course, it's Pinhead and his gash. Yes. His gash is there. The whole team's there. Because they're probably like perplexed of what's going on as well. Because they're in like they haven't been called by the box, and now yeah. they're in, in. Lots of shits happening currently, and we're not exactly sure what it is, and they don't know what it is. So they've come to sort of investigate this. Yeah, Pinhead's kind of like, we're here. Uh, yeah. You know, of course it's fucking you, Kirsty. Of course it's you're like, here once again. Whenever we turn around and there's a problem, it's always you. That the the female's name is Sister uh, Nocoletta. Oh. So she was a nun originally that was obsessed with, like, uh, pain and desire and sexiness and stuff. So, you know, she kept it from herself but did it on yeah, the side. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, that, that, that's her human name and that's all that she's known as apart yep. from female Cenobite. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So Pinhead still wants to fuck her up even though he doesn't know what – he's just going along yep. with the rules. He's just like, I'm a, I'm a stickler. Yep. Like, so you this know, is my job. Doing I'm here it. now. I'm here, so I do my thing. Um, and she's basically like, he's, she's like, oh, but wait, no, 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 like, don't. So the, I'm guessing he's there to take a, take them back to hell. He's a sick of it, I reckon. Yeah, and he's just like, no deals. So you're not allowed to ask them, no, no deals. No deals. And she's just like, no, no, I don't, no deals, just information. He's like, hmm? And he hands. Tell me more. Sorry, he's like, I'm intrigued rather than, oh, bitch, you are annoying. Um, she hands him the photo of himself as the the pre-pinhead. And he's like, who is this? Someone else you think has escaped us? And she goes, no, it's, it's you. you. And he's just like, nonsense. And he, yeah, like, he, he starts to monologue as, I am for And she goes, just think about it. Yeah. Like, interrupts him. He's like, oh, okay. He's like, oh, think about it then. And he just, he starts to remember... I who he was. Remember. <laughs> it just made me think of the Lion King. It was like, remember who you are. Yeah. <laughs> I, then I've written my notes. I'm not sure why it even matters that he was a human. Was no. It, is it just like that he feels like he's been ripped off? Maybe he can sympathize with it because he was once a person who got pulled in by the box, by Leviathan, and then got chose exactly like Shenard. Yeah. But so Shenard probably over time will forget he was ever human. Yeah. So you you were essentially this person. You were brought here and now you are this And at this thing. point, I think he still would have killed her. Yeah. But the doctor suddenly bursts in the room. The and, the, and, and the are like, well, who the fuck are you? Yeah. Because they haven't been told that, you know, there's been a change of management. Yeah. They, uh, Leviathan doesn't send out memos. <laughs> he didn't hear this by the Cenobite blood water cooler on the way in. Yeah. They're well, like... He's Whoa. also come in for Tiffany. He's not actually come in for for anything other than Tiffany. Like, he's he's on a mission for her. Yeah. Like, and he doesn't... He's not really abiding by the rules either. No. Of, like, of like the, the, the rules that have been set for so, so many years. So then Pinhead and that, like, they're like, what are you doing? What the fuck? We're having none of this. Yeah, well, like, this isn't part of the, how we do stuff. Yeah. And then the doctor looks at the Cenobites and goes, oh, more fucking people to fuck up. So he's just like... He doesn't care. He does not care that they're Cenobites. He doesn't care that there's probably some kind of pecking order and that he's now being a dickhead to his manager. Yeah. Like, mm, okay. But then all of a sudden he start, And then, like, so Pinhead then 
you know, does his like calls his chains, his weapon. He kind of like you know looks up at the distance and we see these chains fly, which is one of the best effects. The chains are it. so good. Yeah. And as um, the quote of uh, Todd McFarlane is, uh, did like you know this is the real famous Todd McFarlane yes. quote. Kids, I don't know what the quote is. Kids but, yeah. dig chains. <laughs> Because you know Spawn has chains all over it. Yeah, that was no, his quote. I'm not lie. Kids like, love chains. It's true. People like, like chains. I used to love them. I used to love drawing chains as a kid with hooks on the end yeah. going into people because of the oh. film. Ah. Anyway, he stabs stabs up the doctor, holds him in place. But yeah, the doctor's hand snakes. They they cut the chains Just, off. Yeah. I'm not sure I understand. <laughs> oh, Siri. <laughs> Siri. Um, yeah. And then yeah, so the doctor then proceeds to pick off each Cenobite one by one. He fires the snakes out as, yeah. as projectiles, which later on, make, if, if you can do this, so they turn into spears and mm. fire into each like Cenobite, impaling them, um, except for Pinhead. And But then as they die, yep. the so, Yeah, as they die, so like the, the lady Cenobite is the first to go and she's she falls to the ground in her human form. Yeah. So as the... Um, None that she was. He then does the same thing to Butterball. Butterball, he's just like a big guy. And what gets me is fucking Chatterer, which I think is the coolest looking of the Cenobites. Yeah, they're like he gets like impaled on a on On one one of of the the hell poles. The hell poles, and as it's it's spinning, it's a fucking kid. Yeah, he turns back into a kid. He's a child. So that means a child. They're implying that a child got the puzzle box at some stage yes. and solved it and got pulled into hell for his desires. And so we- now I need to find out, like, what the fuck is up with it's that. It's in the comics. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, son of a bitch. Because <laughs> um, now I'm intrigued. Like, so he's just wiped out Pinhead's gash. Yeah. And, um, and Pinhead's like, well, fuck this shit. But then, weirdly enough, I don't understand this, like... Uh, the doctor has this electric power that comes out of his like stigmata hands that he has. He's very like cr- Jesus hanging off the cross kind of thing. He's always got his hands out. Like this lightning comes out and hits Pinhead, and every time it hits him, it transforms him back a little bit. It's like his humanity is firing back into him. Yeah. Um, so each time he hits Pinhead with his lightning, he transforms back more into a human, and then by the end, he's a normal human. Yep. And he gives like a look at Kirsty and Tiffany, and he gives them the nod, like yeah, you know, like get. He goes, "It's time to go." He goes, "You told me about this, or some shit." He goes, "Like you know what? I'll let you go. I give you this one. Who knows really what's going I don't on?" Know. Um, but I, it's also um, the. It's not Doug Bradley. It's the art director. So the art director kind of looked a little bit like Doug Bradley, and they just stuck him in that costume and went, "Here you go," because it's such a short amount of time on screen. They wouldn't have like. Okay, because we, they didn't get Doug Bradley for number three. They got that act, that yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. So that's it's yeah, it's not Doug Bradley, and I like that. That's nice. And then you know, the Kirsty and Tiffany they run off, and Pinhead, like poor Pinhead, his his throat gets slashed. Um, he falls down, he's, chokes. He's dead. Like, he's dead. Pinhead's dead. And I think this is another thing, Barker not wanting him to be the main guy. He's just trying to get rid of him. Well, I guess as well, like if you've got an idea of something. And unfortunately, something, it's not going the way you plan because marketing take over. Like, how many people end up hating their own creations because of what a marketing team have done to it? Yeah. Um, it's, it's fucked. Anyhow, we cut back to <laughs> Tiffany. All right, they just run. Yeah. And that's the end. That's the end of that scene. Yeah. I think at the end, like, you know, 
uh, the doctor kills Pinhead and then he just has a big yell. Yeah, oh, he's, he's just keen as a bean. Like, he's just really happy to be here today. Yeah, he's like, like yeah, fuck He's like, yeah. I've had my morning Joe and I'm just here to fuck some shit up. He said, I drank I drank a cup of jolt <laughs> cola. <laughs> jolt cola. I'm all about this shit. Let's, yeah. go, let's go kill more things. Yep, this I'm is done. great. Killing is great. Um, killing is business and business is good. Exactly. And uh, Tiffany and uh, Tiffany can now talk. Yes. Uh, she's like, I have to go back and finish the puzzle. Yeah. That's, I just know what's going on now. I've been, you know, I, we have to go back to her. So they run. Suddenly the, the hell door just opens well, up yeah, for Le- her. Leviathan is now hovering over the hospital as well. Oh, is he? So we get this this very quick scene of Leviathan, like it's over the hospital. So, so everything is starting to come back It's almost like world. Leviathan's plan was to create hell on earth to just like, he's, a, he's just like, you know what? This shit's not going fast enough. I've been yeah. doing this for like 10,000 years. These humans keep breeding. I get a, I get a, I get to knock it up a notch. Yeah. He might have had a meeting with so some other diamonds. Hit <laughs> with the spice weasel. Bam. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. They run back into hell. Mm-hmm. And they uh, run and pick up the. Uh, they run up Julia's skin, who's still holding the. Uh, <laughs> Julia's skin, who's still holding the the. the Leviathan box. The yep. Leviathan box. They grab that. Yep. And then they run and they they. Put, Tiffany just knows how to get through the labyrinth all yeah. the time. So they run and they run back up to the top where Leviathan is. Yes. Um, yeah. What else? So, yeah, so she's she's there. She gives a, a look. Tiffany um, gets hit with the black beam of She knows what's happening. Yeah. So, she, yeah, she does. She gets hit with the black beam of light and we get this big flash of, like, what has happened to her. So she was this kid that was, like... Um, she was really into puzzles and it was it was starting to... Um, These puzzles are consuming her life. It's consuming her, her life. So she's the mum has taken her to Dr. Chenard to help her and he's basically seen her as an opportunity to get into these puzzle boxes that he's clearly... Uh, like, I don't understand why he couldn't get into them himself. Like, if he wanted it bad enough, he could have figured it out. But anyway, he uses this little girl um, and... You know, you get that shot of her and she's being operated on. He's, like, drilling into her head, which is obviously making her, like, compliant to whatever he wants. You know. Yeah, so we get that. Yep. Uh, Then, like, we cuts back to, like, Tiffany fucking shrugs that off and she starts solving the puzzle box. We get, like, a half-solved shot. Mm Mm-hmm. Then um, from out of no, uh, nowhere, the fucking... The doctor floats up, uh, you know, with his big worm head, like... And he, um... He just cursed. He goes, no! Yeah, he goes to, like, really whack Instead at of, like, killing her, he just hits her away. Yeah, she just... She takes the blow. She's, like, rolled off. Um, And he, once again... Well, she rolls off, gets up and goes, fuck this shit. And she just bails. Mm. She runs... Down a corridor. We don't see Kirsty again. Now we're left. It's just like Tiffany and the Doctor at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Doctor comes up to Tiffany. She starts to like, you know, oh, fuck. You're gross. Um, she starts backing back, obviously, because she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we see, um, and then we see from behind Tiffany up comes a creation chamber. So this whole time, the Doctor's like wanting to create her into his next Cenobite part. Yep. So he's trying to create his gash yep. now. So... You know, we see the, the what is it called? The the, the, the creation chamber right mm-hmm. between Tiffany. And just before Tiffany steps into the creation chamber, out of nowhere, rock the fox back, Julia. Mm-hmm. She comes up, she grabs... Um, Dr. Cenobite. Dr. Cen- no, she grabs Tiffany and oh, yeah. 
pushes her out the way and looks at him and, and the centre bite's like, because no one can resist Julia's charms. Yeah. Well, she's she's kind of bloody it. and all fucked up. She's, and she, she's a sexy lady. Um, they make out because, of course, they do. Yeah, like she rocks out. They, they, they yeah, start so she's kissing. basically like making out with him while Tiffany's there going well. He's I'm making just out while gonna... he's floating. He has to kind of like duck down. Yeah. Fucking real tall person making out with it, like with a real short person. <laughs> um, <laughs> the snakes kind of go back in. Like he goes into like non defense mode. Uh, he's not in defense mode. The snakes go stop motion animation back into his hands, mm-hmm. into the, the, the wounds in his hands, which is very cool. Mm hmm. Yep. It's really and good. And this gives Tiffany time. She fucking just gets straight back on her. This gives her time to solve the Leviathan puzzle. Yeah. And anyway, she's tinkering away and we see she's done it. Yep. She has turned the Leviathan puzzle back into the original puzzle box. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So <laughs> I had to look this up. And apparently that if you solve that box in hell, that's that's what she had to do. Like that's, I don't know, it doesn't matter. Sure. Okay. Um, the doctor suddenly over, you know, he kind of knows. He's he's stopped making out he's with like, the. Yeah, he's he knows what's up. His boner he, goes down. He he goes for Tiffany again, and he's at this point he's like his snakes. So he's like whoosh, whoosh, web slinging snakes at her, and they get like stuck in the ground at her feet, and he yeah, cannot. they're like stuck into the concrete, and he can't get them out, and they're still in him. Yeah. So clearly he has to choose between either a firing out snake or a whip snake mm. before, because otherwise, might why don't you just let him go? But he can't. He's like stuck in the ground and he's stuck with his, you know, he's like, oh, you know, the pressure's building up or yep. whatever. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. And anyhow, the, the pressure builds up so hard that the, the dick worm on his head. And it does. It looks like a fucking penis. It big really pen- does. Big, big old, old pain. It's got veins that's slightly translucent. You can see a little bit inside of it. It's a little it's bit gro- throbby. It's pulsating. Know, it's, it's not great. It's a, it's a good night in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that just decides, like, you know what? You're stuck. I'm going to yeah. fuck off so now. So it's, try- it's like trying to pull him out of where he's stuck, but it's like pulling him up, but he's not coming it rips, with it. And it so rips the top of his head oh, off. So good. It just rips him from the top of his jaw up, leaving the rest of his body there. And his body just falls down just, into the abyss. <sighs> yep. Hits the abyss. It's fantastic. And this, like, scares. And then we see a shot of, like, you know, the floating half face and this... Startles Tiffany and she falls backwards off the edge of the labyrinth, which is like an endless hole. Yeah. But she holds onto the edge kind of thing. You know, she's holding on. And then Julia comes up and goes like, well, trust me. Yeah. Not in Julia's voice. Mm. Mm. And so Julia, uh, you know, goes to pull her up. But then Julia's, you know, skin starts. The, yeah. The skin starts ripping and you're like, oh, what the fuck? And then. Well, no, like, that makes sense. Like she's back in her skin. What's well, a skin hole? You know, your skin's a little bit loose. And it's going to yeah, rip. So her skin hand her arm of her arm skin rips off revealing there's more skin underneath oh and we it reveals a uh, julia uh, julia pulls up kurt uh how many names in this tiffany yep and she's all like that and we get a shot it's really cool like a shot of like uh julia pulling off her face skin to reveal it was kirsty wearing her skin ah kirsty gonna need some therapy after that kirsty right wearing someone else's skin oh she loves it so she, so was, she saved the day. So she made out with that Cenobite. Yep. I feel like a Cenobite would be like foul, rotting, because they're like... Yeah, you know, I all their, All their blood's taken out of them and replaced with blue blood. They'd be cold. Nah, I'm good. Anyhow, yeah. now that 
That's solved. Yeah. So the puzzle solved. Let's get the fuck out of here. Leviathan starts to crumble and shake, and he starts to turn himself, like the giant monolith version of him, he starts to transform in the same way the, the little version of him. He starts transforming back into the puzzle box. And then, like, all these souls, like, as this is happening, apparently this is the only time he's vulnerable. Yep. Um, the souls that he has collected through the years start coming out of him as blue blobs. They're flying out. <laughs> Hell is shaking. <laughs> And then, like, Kirsty and Tiffany are like, oh, fuck, we got to get out of here. We have to get out. We have to get So they start running out of hell. You know, the souls are flying past them. It's a very exciting moment. It is. Oh, it is exciting. It is. The souls are hitting Lots into the screen sometimes where you see a, a quick flash of a skull. I thought it was kind of cool. It's cool. Um, I don't know where these souls go. I, well, they're just smashing into things and yeah, then we see them blow running. things up and that's it. We see them running down the hall. We can see the hell door very slowly closing. Even though the hell door at any other time can just disappear. It's just up. No, it's, run faster. Get it's out like of there. slowly Indiana Jonesly, like, you know, slowly closing. They're, they're running. The souls are everywhere. They jump out of it, back into the room. Just in time, the they hell made door closes. It. Good for them. They fucking made it. The end. The end. No, you know, there's more. Yeah. Uh, they, they're on the ground. They're like, fuck. Whew. Should run more often. Yes. Yeah, I'm like, really tired. Uh, so you want to go get a beer? Yeah. <laughs> and then we get a shot to show that now Leviathan has completely turned into the puzzle box. Mm-hmm. And it's, I love this like, scene. How it just goes like completely silent. It's, like, it's all changing. There's all this yelling and screaming. And then it turns into the puzzle box. And it's like, poof. Just back to f- slowly floating around, you know, like levitating in hell. Yeah. This giant planet-sized puzzle box. I love it. Doesn't make any sense. Does that mean Leviathan now is that? I would say so. Does that mean, like, now Pinhead is in charge? No, because he's dead. No, he's dead. So this means everything's fucked up. Yeah. It's gone. Yep. He's gone. It no longer happens now. This is is the end. This is theoretically the end. And every movie that comes after this doesn't make any sense. Yep. Unless. Anyhow. Anyway. Um, They make it out just in time. They do. And we cut to, I'm guessing, the next day. Yeah. Cuts to the next day. There's a whole bunch of, like, flowers of where all the people were dead. No one's questioning what's happening. There are no police. There are there is nothing. It's it's just Kirsty and Tiffany out the front of the hospital. Um they're kinda like eye fucking each other as well. They've got this look about them that they're kind of, you know And they're gonna les on. I get that. Well they're the only one they have shared experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, the only one who knows that hell does exist have been to hell together. They got out. Why not? Yeah. She doesn't have very good you know she hasn't had a very good go with men up until that point. They keep dying on her. Um, and they basically just, you know, take one last look at the grounds and they turn and walk off. They They're walk leaving. off at, into the distance, away yep. from the Institute. Happy ending. Yes. Happy ending. Not, no one would get over that. Uh-huh. I'd prefer to die. Anyway, it's not the end, is it? It is not. Just when you think it is, it's not. Just when you think you can go home, more shit comes up. What is this, a Marvel movie? It is a Marvel movie. So now we cut to the removalist, moving old Dr. Shenard's shit out of his industrial brutalist house. Yes. Again, no police, no investigations, no nothing. Um, like, I would have thought that most of it would be being taken in for evidence. Bagged and tagged. But nope, nope. Um, one of them goes upstairs, he goes into the little oddities room, and he finds the mattress. That fucking mattress. Um, of course... 
I'm in a strange house that I don't know and I find a bloody mattress on the floor, my first instinct is to also go over and start touching the blood. No doubt. Get on all hands and knees yeah. and look. have a good close yeah. look. Get in close. Can you smell the blood? And then out of nowhere comes, out of the mattress comes a, a hand that grabs him and I'm like, I don't even understand why. And then, um, and then that's a hard cut. And then we yeah. see another guy come into the room and he sees his mate. Like half in, like his, half, his legs are out. He's half in the mattress and out of the mattress slowly rises a spinning hell pillar mm-hmm. with a whole bunch of crap all over it. Yeah, so there's like Pinhead's faces on there. There's like uh, Skeletons, fucking, fucking... There is a severed wang. Of course you, there is. Did you see it? There, there I is did just not. A floating, there is just a nailed on severed wang. So wang watch, done. Wang Watch 2021. There's faces all over it. There's like, you know, yelling and screaming sounds. It's weird. There's chains. There's biomechanical devices like going, it's just a gross thing. Yeah. Um, and then the pillar stops and there's a face there of uh, like the grasshopper man who yeah. was from the first film, which is not mentioned in this film. Just Basically, in the very, very first film, the first person who gets the puzzle box is it's given to him by this guy who's eating grasshoppers, and he's like a homeless man. This is that homeless man. He says the same line that he says at the start of the first film is, What's your pleasure, sir? Mm-hmm. Hard cut. Hard cut. End. Done. The only thing I can work out, that must have been put on by the uh, executives dudes that want to continue it, because like, but the thing is, Help Pinhead died. If Pinhead hadn't died, it would have made sense. Mm. But if you notice, Pinhead's face was still on the the pillar, and it was kind of like alive. So it wasn't just a face pinned <laughs> to the pillar. Yeah, he was kind of like. Nah. And then later in Hellraiser three, they obviously use this pillar to bring Pinhead back to life without the um, constraints of 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 Lothiathan. Mm. But I feel they killed him, hey? Like, they took out well, all the, the other set of bites don't come back. No. So, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, that's a bit of a plot hole in my way. I think this is like, you know, this is like a roundtable executive decision to be able to do more films. Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, there were so many rewrites because I think the film was meant to rely hev- a little bit more heavily on Frank. Mm. And the original actor was just like, no, nah, I'm not doing it. Yeah, fuck that shit. So, they had to do a bunch of rewrites, so... Yeah, like I think many things got changed. What are your final thoughts? I fucking loved it. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I do kind of wish I watched the first one before I'd watched this, just for a little bit of context. But I'm so also had you not? Are you, did you watch it in the? Like, you couldn't remember hardly any of it. I how had you not seen it? I don't think I've seen this film. So you loved it, and you're watching it now, that's great. Yeah, and it kind of makes me just be like, I want to watch the third one now. The third um, one. I just want to go straight into the next one. Um, Did we watch the third one? No, you watched the third one. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not very good, eh? What we want to do now is you just want to read the comics and then get ready for the new movie and TV show and shit that's done by Barker. Pretty much. Well, there's. Could you imagine how good they could make it? Apparently, the comic series that ran from, I think, 1988 to 94 is meant to be really good as well. It's really hard to get all that stuff at the moment because it was under a different publisher now that That owns the right. Yeah, it was like Boom Studios or something. Yeah, I think Boom's got it now. It might have been Dark. I don't know. Yeah. Um, We. There was a very, very short run of the Hellraiser Omnibus that came out recently, which mm-hmm. I got in for our shop, and it was the best. And then they just went out of print and it just never yeah. Went. Yeah. It was so good. Um, so you loved it? Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was I thought it was 
insanely well done. Like obviously, you know, the the script and there was some there was yeah. some plot holes and a lot of issues there, but the effects and the feeling that I had while watching it was like very really cool. Yeah, I thought like although it deviated from Barker's law, mm-hmm. I thought the way they did it, the ambiguity of some scenes that didn't make sense gave you that extra layer to go research it. Yeah. And that actually opened up more things and you're like, "Oh, cool." Well, that's the thing, like this is the kind of movie that like unlike, you know, your other sort of franchise films, this is something that you'd watch and be like, I think there's a little bit more information and you can go down that road. The Hellraiser wiki some- is excellent yeah, as okay. well. It's very well planned out and stuff and stuff like that. Um, the Gordon film is great. It like, is. Like the practical effects are off tap. They mm-hmm. know that shiny stuff looks gross. They yes. know that wet shit looks gross. There was never any point in this film where I went, that's kind of rubbery and dry. <laughs> no, I mean, obviously, if, if you want to start nitpicking, like the skin the close-up of the skin, you can 100%, you're like, that's not real skin. That no. does, it, it looks like they've just painted. Or latex. Yeah, 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 you know, but that's just being picky. I'm not going to be picky because I fucking, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, and it has a real unique horror tone to it. It's yes. nothing is like it. It really got that feeling to me as what, as a kid, I would imagine a horror film to be like. Yeah. So many horrific scenes and not just mincing dudes in costumes, not just like gore, like, it's purely like the idea of the gore and the desires of the gore and just like uh, the 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 ability of humans to create such horrific things and stuff. It's just a, a really it feels weird. It yeah. feels like like a taboo to watch it, and which is very you can see why it got banned. Yeah, like, oh, the idea of it yeah. is too much for a lot of people. I think as well, like if you can imagine how a sequel would have been set up. This is not what you would imagine it. Like, you know, clearly you've come off the first film. Everyone's, like, obsessed with Pinhead. They could have just turned him into, like, oh, it's Pinhead going around a hospital, picking off people one he by one. He was hardly in it. No, but this instead, they chose to go through and, you know, go down the the path of, well, this is the mythos. This is the law. This is all of this information about this film, which... For most people sitting there watching it, they're like, why am I watching a film where they're standing in a maze with a fucking, you know, ass to ass thing <laughs> there, like, floating? Like, I what believe is he's an Leviathan and he is an unholy cosmic entity monolith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes, he Which is. I've written down here. <laughs> but how many people would think that that's something that they're going to watch and enjoy? I don't know. Like, like I... I thought it was great. Anyone else would be like, oh, I just wanted to watch the guy with the pins in his head fucking kill people. Which is Hellraiser 3. Which is, okay. Yep. So, yeah. I mean, it had a very Nightmare on Elm Street 3 vibe as well. The relationship between Tiffany and Kirsty, Very much the same as yeah. Nancy and Patricia Arquette. Um, she, yeah, she did look pretty Nancy, didn't she? She did. She did. And it kind of left me thinking, like, man, why do sequels always have to take place in a hospital? It's good. I mean, uh- I'm not... Against a it? mental asylum is always the best place. Best, best, you know, American Horror Story was the mental asylum one. That was pretty good. <laughs> that was stressful. What did you give it? Um, so I definitely gave this a D. It is definitely a Dan special. I gave it a D. Yeah, a big old D. Um, it is also, I think it's a, it's a classic that's worth a watch. Exactly what I gave. It's um, also kind of an awesome one. Like if it- this is the fan favorite, apparently. Yeah, which is weird because it's the most unbarkery one. Like, oh no, the unbarkery one is the rest. It's like four. <laughs> like in space. There's, 
Oh, Deader, the, the video game one, where oh. instead of the Hellbox, they, they bring out video games to be so more modern people. And it's like the worst game. No. And Lance Hendrickson is the star of that one. Oh, good old Lance. Good but old anyhow. Lance. What's next, wait? So I thought because we are starting to do a little bit more of the mainstream big name ones, I figured we'd watch Friday the 13th. Which one? The OG. The OG. The OG. The 1980s uh, version where the killer is the killer yes. at, a, at a camp. All and right, let's do it. Friday the 13th. Old mate Bacon's in it. Kevo? Yeah. As a child? No, as like a teen. Teen, teen Bacon? Yeah. Oh, that's like prosciutto. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Prosciutto. Yep. Pretty much. I like that you know the year without even like, like Friday the 13th, 1980. You just wrote it straight now. I I sometimes I know things, Dan. But anyway, uh, you've been listening to Terrorvision Horror Podcast with Dan and Jennifer. We are available on all major podcasting streaming services, also on the YouTubes. Uh, but no matter where you choose to consume us, please make sure to hit the like button, subscribe, leave a comment or a review, or both, and make sure you share with all your friends. We also have an Instagram at Terrorvision Pod, which will keep you up to date with uh, upcoming episodes, trivia, and of course, memes that are definitely three years old by now. We also have an email, terrorvisionpod at gmail.com. Let us know what you want us to watch, if you want us to discuss anything. Just, you know. And also, feel free to join us on Facebook. Um, our opening and closing music is Voidswell by Sister Wife. Mm, and you can find me at Greenlight Comics at 18 Stevens Place in Adelaide. Um, come visit me there. And until next week, may all your dreams be nightmares.